Welcome to episode 434 of Conversation Street, the Coronation Street spoiler-free podcast featuring me, Gemma. And me, Michael. And today we're talking about episodes of Coronation Street that were broadcast in the UK between the 31st of August and the 4th of September 2020, which includes episodes 10,108 and 10,110. certainly does. And sorry we're a bit late this week, um, but Gemma's been away on a camping trip, haven't you? I went with on... The, with the girls. I went on a camping trip to the most sparse... I think this is like the bare minimum that anyone would expect from a camping site. There were two portaloos and a murder van which had been converted into a shower. I'd have thought that you'd have loved a murder van. It was a horse box with no roof with a shower attached to the inside of it. <laughs> it was really, really primitive. But it was four people walking South Downs Way, and we, we had a walk. Mm. I was forced. Did you go for a walk, or did you go on a walk? I had a big argument with my friend, because he said, would you like to go for a walk? And I said, sounds great, how long for? And he said, not too long. Then we went on a seven-mile walk up a hill, for 691-foot um, ascension, and I said, you asked me to go for a walk, but we actually went on a walk. And then we had a big discussion about the definition of for and on a walk. I hadn't thought about that before, before you told me that. But but is it not true that if you were to say to somebody, I, I agree, yeah. would you like to go for a walk? That sounds like a gentle, unorganised stroll. Yeah, it's a bit of a ramble. But if you were to say, let's go on a walk, there's organisation implicit <laughs> in that. Maps and serious lengths and times mm. so you've been you've been having a knackering weekend i've just been slobbing about so the house tired. and i didn't sleep very well either because um i was very very cold uh and my tent i use my um little pop-up tp tent which is so easy to put up and down but it's very um bright inside at night and the moon kept me awake <laughs> <laughs> oh my our friend um mike brought a big really super expensive telescope and so on the Saturday night, we were looking at uh, the planets. Did you see Uranus? I said I'd show everybody mine, but they didn't laugh. (laughs) (laughs) I've just been staying around at home. I've not had any human contact until you came back. You haven't, but you have spent your time wisely, haven't you? I've tidied the house. I've been doing a few podcast things. I got slaughtered by George at Smash Brothers last night, which is very embarrassing. Even more so than usual. I was going to say, that's normal, isn't it? I had to fend for myself with the cooking. So, yeah, you heated up things I left for you. I, I made my own bacon sandwiches yesterday, I'll have you know. That was more than just heating up involved with that. And, um, yeah, that, that's about it, really. So I'm glad to have you back and now we can, now we can talk about Corrie, which I, I thought that you'd have to watch it when you got back because I watched it myself on Friday evening and I didn't realise that you had. You ended up watching it through your, through your 3G in your tent, didn't Actually, you, on Friday there was, The weird thing is, normally when you go to a camping site... Especially one like this, there's nothing, there's no, like, internet. Sometimes there's Wi-Fi, it's really patchy, and it's very, very hard to get reception. Actually, there was less reception in the pub where we had Sunday roast Mm. today than there was in the campsite. So I was very, it was, it's probably better signal there than it is here. (laughs) So I watched, um... Coronation Street in, the, in my tent at, at half ten because it started raining so we all ran into our own And tent. I think this is one of the only times where we've talked about an episode of Coronation Street where neither have either idea what the other thought of the episode is because we've not That's spoken about it at all, have we? Usually, no, I mean, it's normally, not very often that we watch it separately but 
even if we we do on the rare occasions we'll we'll talk about it but yeah i'm interested to know your thoughts about friday's well episodes. you might have to listen to this podcast to find out <laughs> so um we i don't know how long this podcast is going to be today i don't want it to be too long cause it's sunday evening so should we get cracking with a quiz yeah, why As the hell not? is the tradition, which luckily I reminded you to prepare on Thursday, didn't I you? Think you've, been, been, you've been sitting on this quiz. You might have gone whistling base. for a quiz if you heard you expected <laughs> me to do it today. Oh, we also had to walk up and down a massive hill to get to lunch as and well. And we all know from, from our, uh, our expeditions in Manchester just how much Gemma likes going on long walks. I don't mind long walks and I don't mind, but I do mind... When I'm hot, I can't do it. And I also, I'm really bad at hills at the moment. Because mm. I'm, I'm like, because I've got gained so much weight, I'm like carrying the equivalent of a seven-year-old child on my back everywhere <laughs> I go. And everyone else seems to not get that it's um, quite heavy when you're fat to walk up hills. <laughs> you can just roll down, though, when you're going downhill. Gravity's not my friend. <laughs> okay, right, so here's the quiz. This is for the 31st of August to the 4th of September, years ending in the zero and a five, which I sourced from Coropedia coronatorstreet.fandom.com and can I also say I feel like I'm finally home it's September it's nearly autumn yeah I absolutely love this time of year I I honestly feel like I've come home it feels like summer ended when we left Manchester didn't it we haven't had any days that have been quite so sunny and hot we're supposed to be having a mini heat wave soon oh are we how exciting yeah could be hotter than Spain right come on then let's see let's see how we do with this 31st of August 2015 Carla gets drunk at a charity auction and bids on a signed copy of which ITV presenter, which she wins for £200? I've got absolutely no recollection of that. A signed copy of what? Their autobiography? No, a picture, a signed picture. A signed picture of? Of an ITV presenter, and she wins it for £200. Um, Richard Arnold. I thought, I was hoping that you might think a bit more. No. In the world Bradley of, Walsh. In the world of Coronation Street. Lorraine Kelly. Oh, Lorraine Kelly, of course. She's they in do, They do love their really name-dropping like... of ITV stars at the moment, didn't they? They yeah. got their Anton Deck recently, Ben Shepherd's fleece. They've been doing it for at least five years. They obviously do it so that the ITV presenters will look favourably upon them. It's nepotism, is, as I tell you. It's totally what I would do. 31st of August, 2005. 31st of August, 2015. Two street residents think it will be a good idea to organise a surprise birthday party for Kevin's 40th and 50th birthday. Oh. Who? Um, um, oh, I, mean, I should have just forgone the quiz today. Kevin. Kevin. Sally. No. Um, Tyrone. Tyrone's one, yeah. And... One more guess. <sighs> I don't know. Tim. Tim, uh, okay. What, they did it, what, what, was it one person, one time? And, I will tell Tim you. Tim done it in 2005. It's very much a theme of every five years on Coronation Street, somebody does something for Kevin's birthday. Is it? Every five years. Okay. 1st of September, 1995. Who gets left the house in Ivy's will and under what circumstances? Nick gets left the house in Ivy's will. Nick on who? the condition, Nick Platt. Yeah. On the condition that he changes his surname to Tilsley. Correct. Who gets nothing? Uh, Don. Correct. 1st of September 1965. What happens to make residents of Coronation Street fear the street will fall down? I'm sorry, I didn't hear the date that you gave. 1965. 1965? Oh, I was reading about this the other day. 
Literally, I think last night when I was looking through the old comedy magazines, I read Stop about this. Stop ripping your face up. Um, uh, but it's gone. It has gone from my head. Is it? Uh, I'm going to say unexploded bomb. No. No. Go on then. What Number is it? seven collapses. Uh, uh. Embarrassing. What was the name of the <laughs> owner or landlord of the house? Uh, Mr. Wormold. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Ned. 2nd of September 2005. <laughs> he horrifies his children when they discover he's been hired to be Weatherfield County FC's new mascot, Bernard the Cockerel. Martin Platt. Yes. <laughs> how did you know? I do not know how I knew that. I thought it was going to be a Buzz of the Bee question. I don't though. know if his name's Bernard or Bernard. <laughs> I assume it's Bernard. Like Bernard Matthews. <laughs> mm. 3rd of That's September. What That's what happened when I had to change it to Buzz of the Bee. <laughs> Maybe he was named after him. Right, 3rd of September 1990. When Mavis finds a budgie after her beloved Harriet dies, what does she call it? I think she calls it Harriet. At the second or something. No. Does she not? She calls it Harry. Harry. Because it is a he budgie. This is a he budgie this time, is it? Okay. Because the original Harriet was called Harry, wasn't she? And then they realised that she was a girl. girl. She laid an egg. Oh, okay. I want to bring back the custom, which I feel has fallen out of favour somewhat, of naming animals, he or she name of animal, like a she-cat or a she-wolf or a she-horse or a, or a he-budgie. I just really like it. It's so quaint and weird. I wouldn't want to risk misgendering them. Well, you don't know. You don't know what their gender is, Michael, but you know what their biological sex was at birth normally. Right, 3rd of September, <laughs> 2000. What does, Rosie, didn't. what does Rosie make as a surprise for Kevin's birthday? What year? 2000. As if it makes a difference. What do you think? Is there something different in, in 2000 that she makes? Cake. Yes. Really? Oh, good. I just included that because I thought it was weird because uh, we had 2005, 2015 and 2000 all to do yeah. with surprises for Kevin's birthday. I genuinely well, I don't not think disappointed this year. that any other characters had quite so much I mention mean, it it's happened. of surprise birthdays no. <laughs> as Kevin. He's obviously over it. Yeah, he must be. He d- don't he do anything for my he birthday. He didn't have a birthday this week, did he? He said, don't Who even, knows what the date is in Please don't even moment. mention what my birthday is going on because <laughs> I don't want to know. 3rd of September 2015. What devastating news... A- do Tyrone and Fizz get about hope? Cancer. Yeah. I said that with such relish. She's got I? cancer. I knew Yay. The right. Fourth of September, two thousand and fifteen. What happens to Leanne to end up with her in hospital with a nurse giving her domestic abuse leaflets? Beaten up by Simon. I will accept that answer. I would have also accepted what I have written down, which is Simon shoving her around and being a right little dickhead. I was, I was going to say that second. One, I'm trying two, to three, I'm trying to four, make five, us go six, quicker seven, today, eight, like I said. Nine out of ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. That's all right. That's not too bad. I'll take that. Do you want to, to get your pink book out, which was got incredibly difficult last week? I'm starting to think that this is getting harder as we go along. I but don't know what. Uh, do you I know where we are? Where we are in this? You see, you're just not prepared. I don't care. I've been away from the house. You want me to go higher? I sh- I start screeching. Um, I think was the, do you think the last question might have been um, <laughs> this is harder than you think it is <laughs> who went to bed with oh no we've done that who went to bed with energy yeah do you want to uh, skip it for a oh, week okay no no no, no. Uh, right 
Okay. Right. Okay. Okay. Right. Right. <laughs> what was Pomme Delight? Uh, oh, it was a cider that uh, that Jenny and somebody else, but I can't remember who, had to um, promote. Very good. Yes. Um, Steph Barnes. Oh, it's really. This is really hard to understand. This going. Okay. Um, what was? What did Mavis Riley once carry around in her bra? Um, an egg. A budgie egg. Correct. She budgie. Wants to hatch it. Uh, who made the Wilton's wedding cake? I don't know. Percy. Who played Sir Edmund Hillary on the Streets Jubilee float? Sir Edmund Hillary. Oh, we watched that, didn't we, a few months ago? But who played Tenzing Norgay? That's what I want to know. <laughs> who played Edmund Hillary? He was the best one, Tenzing. Oh, I don't know. Was it Fred? No, it's Ken. Ken, okay. What did Alf catch Amy Burton doing in the shop? <laughs> <laughs> Stealing? <laughs> yeah. Who, right, who travelled to London with Betty Turpin to watch the royal wedding? Uh, I don't know which uh, one in particular. Annie Walker. No, was he? I don't think Annie's very portable. Mavis. Mavis. Um, Stan Ogden surprised everyone by winning the Rover's Super Brain quiz, but what was his subject? <sighs> Didn't he? I think he had his subject was just was, oh, beer, Newton and Ridley football. Weatherfield FC. No, Manchester, Manchester United. United. Got there in the Okay. <laughs> what was Alf's middle name? I don't know. Sydney. Who saved Minnie's life after a coach crash? I don't know that either. No, not a clue. It's Sydney. No. <laughs> <laughs> Cyril. Cyril Turpin. Cyril Turpin, good for him. Um, why did Annie dislike her son's fiance, Jasmine? I don't know. <laughs> it's really bad. What? She was Chinese. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Right, so that's it. You got one, did you? One wrong? Um. Yeah, I'll say I got one wrong. Okay, right, birthdays. More like one right, but never mind. But you got loads right. Okay, go on. 5th of September, Johnny Briggs. Play my walk, bike, Maldwin. That was in the past. That's yesterday. 6th of September, Ian Pauls and Davis played Owen Armstrong and Martin Hancock. He played Spider Nugent. Oh, happy birthday and to you today. September is writer and programme producer Jack Rosenthal. And mm-hmm. that's it. Is that it for early September birthdays? Second week of So sad. But it's good because it means that we can get cracking straight on with Street Talk. So let's do that right now. Okay. Right, on to this week's Street Talk. I've got seven stories down, although some of them are throw away a couple of scenes if that the main story that we're starting off with this week was the Yaz fighting storyline which had a nice little twist to it towards the end of Friday's episode which I'm looking forward to seeing what you thought about that then we'll go on to the Tincognito story with Daniel and Nikki um you know Johnny's had issues I've changed that now it's now Johnny Scott's secrets because they've got a secret Uh... and we kind of half know what it is now but I think it feels like we're going to be left guessing for a little while longer on this one. There don't appear to be any hurry on telling us the exact details of it. I don't know if that's one of these things that I wonder whether there will even be any any exact details. Oh, I think there will. I think there will. Do you so, re- oh, do you know something? No, I, I honestly, I don't know anything about what's going to happen, but I think we, I think they wouldn't have... I know it's not their fault that they've kept us going this long, but they wouldn't have built it up to... It's their fault. ...to just say, oh, you know, that thing with the security guard. It's their fault because they've been writing them three a week. Okay. Um... Right, the other stories are the short ones. So the David and Shona stuff I've called Peep Show because she starts stripping in the street on Wednesday. Peep Show, no. 
Yes. Yeah. Uh, and we had a little bit of the Todd Squad story, not very much. The bit of the boy, the Devstitute story, that's come back. It's been ages since we've had any snifter of Dev's financial woes, but it came back again for a little bit this week. And there was a tiny more bit of the Abby Debbie Doodah story as well on Monday's episode. So, Yaz fighting this week. It starts off um, with Jeff coming into Speed Dial announcing that he's going to be starting working full-time there. I don't know how he's going to cope with his job as a as a radio DJ at the same time, but he'll find his way. Alia tries to get rid of him. He's like, no, I'm sorry. I just need, I, I want to you know, buckle down and, and work hard on this business with you. He's he's acting all cheery about it. He kind of flip-flops, doesn't he, between being all like this and then being, being horrible. And he's just, he's trying to come across as being the reasonable one and all this. And Ryan agrees uh, Ryan says to Alia, look, you just need to pretend like you don't care about it um, before getting slung out by Jeff himself. And then Jeff um, says, oh, he comes up with his new business opportunity, his new business idea, which is um, getting cheaper ingredients because of the financials. Um, well, I don't think it's... Uh, that, yeah. that they're going through at the moment and also selling alcohol. So this has been a kind of a slow burn sort of scheme for Jeff, hasn't it? And the... It's been the main change that he's made that seems to... I don't know whether it's just to annoy Alia, but it's really... It's her Achilles heel, really, isn't it? Well, she was determined not to have any alcohol at all in the bistro. Then he started, then letting, he started people letting people bring... bring their own in. And now he says, look, we, we get so much more money selling it. And Alia's like, no, we're not doing that. But by the end of the day... Jeff has cancelled the usual supplier and applied for an alcohol licence. Oh, no! Um, and he also reveals um, that he's got power of attorney over Yasmin, so he can basically do what he wants with their 50% share. He doesn't need to get her permission, um, permission to do it. So Alia says, I'm not going to let you win. And he says, well, that's what your grand thought at first, until <gasps> I showed her who's boss. Oh, dear. And he's showing his true colours again to Ali at the end of the episode yeah. there. Wednesday, um, Alia and Ryan come down into speed dial early in the morning, and already there's a load of boxes of booze that Jeff's had delivered. He works fast, this man, doesn't he? Literally, yeah. the beginning of the he's previous episode, he's like, I think we're going to apply for an alcohol licence. He, he, I think. I, think he I wonder whether to... it was a fait accompli when he told Alia that it was an idea. But he, I suppose we did see him on the phone to his mate. But anyway, nice, speedy service there. Well done. Um, so she's she's mad about this, obviously. Meanwhile, Tim and Sally are back from Gina's. But when we left them last, Tim had... He, he was telling Jeff no, wasn't he? He'd started to see Jeff for what he really was. And rather than using this time away at Gina's to, you know, get... For Sally to make sure that he definitely showed which he knew which side his bread was buttered, he's kind of come back and he's drifting back over to his dad again. Um, Jeff's there moaning about the speed dial stuff with Alia, and yeah, Tim's just like, oh, um, oh poor, poor, poor oh. dad, sort of thing. Uh, but Jeff has apparently got a faulty Hoover, which we saw. Um, it must have been the, the previous week now, wasn't it? When he was Check when he couldn't work out the. Uh, how the cord worked. Anyway, he says, Tim, come over my house later, please. Help me fix out my hoover. Fix out my hoover. So Let's Tim be goes cl- over Just there. to be clear, yes. he got angry and chucked his hoover around and yes. broke it. Yeah, well, the the it's clearly borne the brunt of Jeff's anger because it's, yeah, it's got a massive crack down it. And Tim's like, what's going on here? And Jeff says, oh, it only fell down the stairs. 
So um, while, while he's there, they start talking about Alia again and Tim says, look, you just need to keep your distance from her. And this is when Jeff starts off his sub-stories again about, oh, it's been so hard for me recently. I need to go to, to work there, blah, blah, blah. But he also makes some snarky remark, I can't remember what he said now, about Sally and, and Tim. He, he doesn't like it. He doesn't particularly argue against it or anything, but he, he uses that as his cue to leave. So he's still not 100% on Jeff's side. Um, Jeff goes over to Speed Dial later and says, look, this is clearly not working, us being together. I'm going to buy you out. So I don't know where he's supposed to be getting this money from, but that doesn't particularly matter because she has, she can't, can't believe this has come right out of left field for her. She calls him spiteful and vindictive and he says, you're about to find out how spiteful and vindictive I can be when I set my mind to it. Um, so she then, he, he then goes over to Sally's house, sells Sam up off to buy Alia out. Sally can't, is, is not surprised about any of this. Um, well, no, she's not surprised that Alia doesn't want to sell her up. But again, Tim seems to be sympathising with Jeff again. Meanwhile, Alia's stressing out at speed dial. The chef's not turned up. She's there working on her own. I think Ryan's been called away. Um, oh, he, he's been called away to Ali, hasn't he? Because we find out on Friday that yeah. Ali's wound was, up with, uh, was it four, four was months in prison? This the most surprising thing that happened, the whole episode. Yeah. It's like, what? Remember this? No? no. Well, we're going to tell you anyway. Yeah. So anyway, um, she rings up the chef and it turns out that Jeff has told him not to come in. This is him being spiteful and vindictive. She accidentally smashes something behind the bar and then she snaps. She throws everybody out there. Corey's there with um with Asher and she, she has a bit of a meltdown, doesn't she? And smashes a table over and um, screams at them to uh, until everybody leaves. So there's a, there's a couple of embarrassed looking patrons seen scurrying up the stairs of Speed Dial. Tim and Jeff happen to be walking along outside. They go down to what the commotion's all about, which makes things worse. And we end the episode with Alia brandishing a broken wine bottle, a la Yasmin, at Jeff's throat. Oh no, what's going to happen? Is she going to stab him again and give him maybe a matching wound on the opposite side? No, of Did course not. Did you write not. down why, why there was a broken bottle? I said it's that she'd she, been smashing yeah, she, them Oh, around. that's right. Yeah, she yeah, dripped yeah. over So... It's diffused quite quickly on Friday, to be fair, unsurprisingly. What? Are we going to talk about Corey? Um, we, we mentioned in the him a, in the, yeah, very, very briefly. Okay, right, right. So anyway, um, Alia says, look, Jeff, you just want to hurt people. Um, what about Elaine? What's happened to her? It doesn't take long before J- Tim comes over to her and says, look, calm your, calm your jets, love. She kind of shakily puts the bottle down and then... That's pretty much the end of that. Ryan comes down um, and and kind of they they and uh, he and Alia go go back out again and and that's kind of that's kind of it for that. It was um, over and done before you knew it really. So in the flat, Alia tells Ryan about Jeff's offer earlier, and Ryan says, "Look, maybe we should start to think about selling up. If this is causing you this much grief, it's not worth it." And she's like, "No, this is my family business. I'm not." I'm not letting him have that. Beginning, it was me and Gran, and he came and basically took her share from her, and now he wants this. I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do this. And he says, "Look, whatever happens, you can't let Jeff think he's won." So, and and, and look how he's you wound up. You are. He wanted you to do this, so just think about it, okay? Meanwhile, Jeff can tell that something's up with Tim because he's been listening in to what Alia's been saying about him in the uh, speed dial, um, and he's like, "What?" Why, 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 why are they saying this about you, Dad? Why are they saying that you're so horrible? And immediately Jeff's like, "Oh well, you're siding with the enemy, aren't you? I can't trust you." 
Um, and, and Tim, who had been who had agreed to go out for a drink with Jeff, decides that he doesn't want to anymore. So again, he's starting to go away from his dad again. Um, so this is when Jeff has to rope in Faye, who comes in. She gets the whole sob story from Jeff. And interestingly as well, because she'd seen him be nasty a few weeks ago, she doesn't immediately jump to his defence. Um, and yet she, she's being quite level-headed about it. But when he begs her to go and have a word with Tim, she, she reluctantly agrees to that. And Tim doesn't really want to hear what Faye has got to say about it. He seems very conflicted still. Um, and Sally is trying to get Faye to see that Jeff is a nasty piece of work. And this is, I think, I think Faye goes off for a bit. And this is when Tim mentions the CCTV camera, which I was quite glad has been brought up again. Um, because Tim had walked in on Jeff using it, like, months ago, hadn't they? And Jeff had said, oh, I bought this for surveillance. I wanted to, you know, protect Yasmin, protect the house security and everything like that. Please don't tell anybody about it, because what what was his reason? He didn't want to... I don't remember what he said. I don't don't think he said, I don't want it to look... It might look weird. It was... I I think he said, I don't want people to think I'm just a paranoid, sad, pathetic old man. So Tim agreed to keep his secret, so... I didn't last for too long because now Tim has blabbed to Sally and Sally immediately sees this as exactly what it is, being yet another tool in his manipulation um, toolbox and says that this is manipulative and creepy. Can't you see that, Tim? Um, They end up arguing. Um, She calls Jeff lying and manipulative, but Tim is still not going... He, He... he, now, now his dad's being attacked directly again. Tim's more on the defence and he refuses to cut Jeff out of his life. He said, this guy fed me. Didn't t- teach me to read, mind you. No. But I can't have everything. I, sorry, he's my dad. I'm sticking by him. And that's where we were left on Friday. Interesting. So what did you think about the camera stuff? Are you glad to oh, hear that like, again? Or did you think it was a case of, oh, no, not this, this again? Well, they're obviously bringing it up to remind everybody that it exists. And also, I think... It's kind of good to, to hear them mentioning it because I was starting to wonder and think to myself, oh, they're never going to mention this again. Sometimes stories will will be focused around one particular thing for ages and it's it's almost, it, it ends up being a red herring, doesn't it? Or they decide to change, you know, change tack and then it's like, oh, it's never happened. Yeah, so yeah. I, I'm glad that it's not been completely forgotten about. Yes. Um, and also, I, I've been feeling that this story has been treading water for a little bit recently and it's not a case of this story's been going on too long when's it going to end because I understand it needs to be a, a slow burner but it's felt a little bit going around in circles for quite a long time with Alia being driven slowly insane by Jeff and him doing his sob stories and then being horrible and bitchy to Yasmin when nobody else is not to say Yasmin sorry to Alia when nobody else is there um so this perked me right back up again it's like aha uh-huh. We're stepping up a gear. Um, the question is, what's Sally going to do with this information now she knows that he had a camera? Because, as we know, the well, camera doesn't exist yeah, anymore. It's been thrown do? away. I guess he might still have the files. Yeah, we saw him delete them. Yeah. Although there is a question about, did he actually delete them or did he... You know, did he empty the bin? Yeah, I mean, who knows how Jeff's I think computer Faye, operating system works with regard to um, deleting video files. It would be very interesting if it turned out that Faye was the um, undoing. Not mm. that I think maybe a kid her age would necessarily... 
Like you were telling me. Oh no, I think her age they would do, but younger children wouldn't. You were telling me about how children I was just don't telling... know how to use. Yeah, kids don't really understand how to use PCs anymore. Um, when they're, they're young, they're, they're much more tabletified. So Faye possibly could, but also because it's video. I mean, I think kids know about video editing and things because they're all. I'm not really talking you know, about. Know, wanna be YouTubers, editing. aren't they? I'm not really talking so... about that. I'm talking about finding it in the recycle bin. Yeah. Honestly, I think that Coronation Street's still in a kids know about technology and computers and grown-ups don't mm. and especially it Tim, wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if um sally recruits faye because she on faye was along yeah <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Faye, what was that faye was on is on the fence she was she was staunchly a jeff supporter for a long time wasn't she but i think that yeah now she's seen what he's like she might be able to be convinced by sally to help her out it, it might not even be that they find the files because to be honest, if they find the files, that's it. That is game over for Jeff, isn't it? It might just and be I the fact that, that the that the camera ever existed is is enough for. Well, they can. I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't change anything, has it? I think the fact that I think if they go to look, either they will find the files, which maybe I don't think they will, or they'll find that there are gaps because Tim knows that the reason that Tim brought it up was oh, if only Jeff's camera had been working the night that he was bottled by Yasmin. Um, We'd, we'd know a lot more. But I don't know whether he knows that there's lots of other, you know, missing um, periods on the camera. And Jeff was trying to say, oh, the camera was faulty. But I, I just think that possibly maybe, Sally and Faye are going to look at that and go, hmm. Maybe they'll find something that says, this says that the camera was turned off manually. Or, possibly. this says that the files were deleted by hand. Or something like that. It, it might be something like that. Or there, there might be another date, and I, and I can't remember, where Sally will go, hmm, there was something odd going on on this date, and that's disappeared as well, whereas Tim maybe wouldn't know well, that, maybe, so I don't maybe know. Was, was she in the box when they had the camera? Yeah, that's true. I mean, she she might look at the date and that one. It, it is, and I know they have conveniences, uh, some convenient um, coincidences on soap, but I think Sally might look at this and go, hmm, all the times when something... I want to know about. ...unusual was happening, possibly. Yeah, all the times I want to know about, that's not there. Unfortunately, unless the actual video files are there, there's still no... Concrete anything. evidence that anything. Well, yeah, no, no, police aren't going to go. Well, that proves it. Let's just take him in and let Yasmin out. No, I don't think they're going to have you know them find the camera or anything now. Like you know it's accidentally dropped say? out of the bin. Or... They always say this is what they always say. It disappoints me about UFOs and Bigfoot. Mm. Lack of evidence is not evidence in itself. Exactly, exactly. So, I'm not sure how this is going to push things forward, apart from make. Sally think that she's got even more evidence when maybe she hasn't but I suppose it could get Faye on her side it, it's, it still feels like it's it's not going to lead to a definite climax because I think that's going to happen around Christmas time but yeah I, I I was excited that this has been brought up again is it going to be enough to get Tim on no. on Sally's side she, again or is he going to be there with honestly, his dad until the end what I really want Sally to stop doing now is trying to convince Tim of anything because this is how many weeks now has she been basically saying at every possible opportunity to Tim your dad's the wrong end your dad's done something wrong your dad's terrible and Tim's yeah, he's just, dug his feet Tim in, will never change his mind now it's going to take something external to Sally and Jeff mm. it's going to take him witnessing Jeff doing something 
But Maybe. I still wonder what, because Maybe. he has it's... witnessed Jeff. Yeah, that's the trouble. He's seen him doing all kinds of stuff. Because Jeff, Jeff can just play the old, oh, I'm so sorry, well, I, I just got wound up. Because one thing interestingly or maybe silly it was that Alia didn't bring up when Tim and Jeff came down to see her in the speed dial she didn't actually say he cancelled our chef this is why I, this, this, and I've had a, a, the, the day from hell because of that What she she Do didn't know, mention yeah. it did she she just oh he's so spiteful and vindictive or, yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever that's so, not really convincing but anybody even if she had said that I think Jeff would have said Oh yeah, well you were really winding me up. I I just wanted to pay you a lesson. I'm so sorry. This isn't usually like me, and that probably would have been enough to have got Tim to say, "Oh yeah, okay." Or we could have just gone. It's not I didn't fault, cancel the chef, Alia. You you forgot to book him, and now she she's trying to blame me. I don't know whether he'd have done, whether he'd have done that or whether that would have been a bit risky because you know the next day when the chef comes in, Alia could have Tim said, "Look, go not. and tell Tim." No, Jeff cancelled you. No, because Jeff will go, go. I can't believe she's resorting to getting the chef to lie for her. This is crazy. Mm. I think I'm going to have to fire him. Yeah, and then Tim would go, "Don't fire him on my account, Dad." And then this is, the conversation would switch to something else, or you know what I mean? I honestly, Tim is blindly believing what Jeff says over everybody else. Mm. And he's, he's, what did you talk about last week about it's a sunk cost fallacy or something like that, where he's thinking I've come this far. If I'm wrong now, I've been wrong all along and I can't even mm. bear the thought of it. Yeah. Yeah. I wish that the Elaine I bit know, of the, the story would come like, back again. Cause it was mentioned, yeah, but, but she's, mention her at least. she's just missing. And I think it's, it's been too long for, you know, Tim to find that address that she left him. But I, I hope it's not too long before she's found, but it could well be that she just swans in at the at the trial now, which would be a bit of a shame, a bit of a deus ex machina to, to end it all. It needs to be more than that, I think. Mm. Tell you something else that I wasn't too convinced of. I think, of yeah, it's a bit bad writing if that's what was going to happen. I didn't like Alia's meltdown on Wednesday, Friday. I was... I was disappointed how tame it was because I'd, I'd seen, I think I'd, uh, and maybe this is just me building it uh, in my own head again, but I'd seen something like Alia Meltdown, Alia Destroys the Bistro, not Bistro, sorry, Speed Dial. I was expecting more than just, all she literally did was push a table over with a bit of wine on, didn't she? I was kind of hoping that she would completely wreck the place, doing okay, it on purpose. Okay, I thought it'd be like, right, if you're having this thing, then I'm going to make sure that there's nothing here for you to inherit. And I was kind of hoping that she'd completely destroy the place. But Can I tell you it, something? It wasn't. This is the sort of thing, that's, that this is the sort of wrecking the joint that somebody does when they know they are responsible for cleaning it up afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna, the cleaner I'm gonna as well. I'm going to tip the table over. Rawr! Yeah, I mean, it reminded me a bit. Do you remember that time that Michelle went crazy in the Rovers and threw the wine bottle through the window? I even thought that had a bit more, bit more oomph to it. I was just watching it, kind of going, oh, Alia. Even, I was, I was kind of like on Corey's side because he found it quite funny and so did I. I as thought well. Corey oh. was being a horrible little scrape. <laughs> he, he was, he was. But I, was, I wasn't watching it going, poor Alia. I was going, oh, Alia's off on one again, which is, I know, partly my problem with this. It's like, we're supposed to be sympathising with Alia, but I just really can't. I don't want it to be Alia that is the hero in this. Yasmin should be the hero in this yeah, story. Right, yeah. But it's almost like Yasmin's the victim, Jeff's the villain, and Alia's the hero. And I, I don't... 
Alia as the hero just doesn't sit right with me. It doesn't it sit just right reminds because me. it should be a empowering, yeah. be an empowering storyline. By the end of this, you should be able to watch this and go, you know, J- Yasmin's standing up for victims mm. around the country. And at the end of the day, she had some help, but she was the one that got herself yeah, out really, of this. Yeah. Um, it's just, she... Alia can just be very whiny, can't she? I mean, remember, like, after Luke died... When she picked up a wine bowl. And, <laughs> and it just reminded me of that again. I was also thinking, like, you know, maybe it's not such a bad idea if they do get some booze in the bistro. <laughs> because if if they if they haven't got... You know, if they're not getting the money they need, if they're in financial straits, is, is it such a bad idea, even if it's just a temporary measure? It, well, you know... It's her, it's her morals... Uh, they're making out like it's her morals but it's her religion which I honestly do think is something slightly different Mm. I think it's slightly different if it's against your religion but she's not particularly going she's not saying that she's not making a big thing of that is she? I think Coronation Street is trying not to Mm. she's just saying oh I never wanted this you knew that it's really it is a very hard sell in a in a very secular country that is obsessed with binge drinking to have a character that they want us to sympathise with going, no, I won't sell alcohol in my establishment. Because lots of people probably watching it going, yeah, I would like a curry and a beer. Mm. And honestly, the price, the way they mark stuff up in in restaurants, they would make a killing. Yeah. But it's not my, cool, it's not my business. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered whether um, Jeff was kind of, do you think that was his plan all along to to drive her insane has he just been needling and needling is is this the meltdown that he wanted i i thought this was very, very interesting because obviously it goes without saying but i'll say it anyway the the parallel between yasmin and alia both holding the wine bottle like threatening jeff and jeff probably could not believe his luck when this happened mm. In front of Tim. Yeah, I mean, do you think that... Was there a sense of danger? Because I certainly no. didn't feel it. I, I don't know whether we were supposed to, on the end of Wednesday's episode, go, oh, is she really going to stab Jeff or or what? But I certainly wasn't feeling that. It was like, well, clearly she's not going to stab him. They they wouldn't have her do that. They're not going to really go, go through that again. She's... Well, physically, she couldn't do anything against two grown men. Yeah. I... Even if she had a wine bottle in her hand. I, 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 liked, I liked it for the parallel... But I didn't feel that there was any chance whatsoever that she was going to attack him, which just it tied into my feelings of disappointment that she didn't wreck the place more. It just felt like such a a low key meltdown with very little threat. Mm. Um, so that I mean uh, uh, that's why I'm glad now that as of the end of Friday, the focus seems to be shifting away from Alia and onto Sally, who I find a lot more compelling. If anyone's going to help Yasmin you know get out of this and take Jeff down I'd much 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 rather it was Sally than Alia just for for no other reason I just like Sally more yeah and sometimes sometimes that's all it is but the thing is though she's the one with the least stake out of all of the characters involved in this storyline well it's it's going against her father-in-law isn't it and and the risk of putting irreparable strain on the already ropey marriage between Sally and, and Tim. Well, they're not even married, are they? Because they've got this wedding happening. So she is, she's treading on thin ice, but... Makes me wonder whether they're going to do something before Sally and Tim's wedding. Like, maybe they might go, well, we'll know if she ever says, let's get married at Christmas. Yeah, and, oh, it's the, what, the same week as the trial? 
What? That's yeah. inconvenient. <laughs> I do. Do you think that they will end up married at the end of this? I think Corey wants them to be married, so I, I wouldn't you know surprise I me. They, the only reason that they need to do it was for plot reasons, wasn't it? The whole bigamy story was a bit. Yeah, felt a bit contrived. Um, just before we move on, then the Ali stuff. Wasn't expecting to ever hear his name again. Quite frankly, no, I couldn't believe this. I was like, so. I just what did, what what? Why did they have that happen? I mean, it's the the timing's gone all over the place, hasn't it? In recent months, anyway. But it felt like eons ago that he was in that fight with Gary. Usually, stuff like this never gets mentioned again. Like nobody was, there wasn't anybody waiting saying to find but, out but what's going to happen to Ali. So did they bring him up for a particular reason? Are we going to see Ali again? I I don't I don't think uh, this I'm came out of the blue. To. It was really odd. It felt a bit like Todd's in the woods to me. Yeah. Like, we didn't ask you for this update. When a character leaves the show, we are happy for to never to be mentioned again. And really, it's more distracting if they do get mentioned and then nothing happens because you're like, what's the point of that? Because mm. really, like you say, when somebody starts getting mentioned, you start to wonder, are they coming back? Are we, are we going to see them again? Or mm. I'd rather... Whereas it, I, think, I think probably it was just a way to get Ryan out of the way. So that he could have his meltdown, but there have been anybody, other ways that they could have done yeah. that. Do you think anyone was would ever go? Well, gosh, we need Ryan in this situation because he'll help. <laughs> um, also, another little bit that was dropped into this was the fact that Gina's got herself a boyfriend, hasn't she? Good for her. I was hope it that somebody he that she met online or something. Loves and cherishes her, and suggests that they go and move back to Weatherfield. Mm. Okay, right. So that's that story. I will pass the Daniel one over to you. So the Tincognito, although she, I, I think she has given up on dressing as Sinead now. Pass the Daniel. Mm? Pass the Daniel. Yes, I will. Right. Monday. <laughs> Daniel tells Adam to go down to the police station because Nikki's been arrested for assault. It's the last <laughs> time. Yeah, straight away with that, I was like, did she do anything other than throw a shoe at this I don't guy? think you're allowed to throw things at people, Michael. Even if you're a girl and you're a nice, good-looking young girl, it still counts as assault. Don't be sexist. Okay. This is, why, this is what happens, you see. People think it's funny and cute when women get angry and throw things and just attack people, but it is assault. Just keep your hands to yourself. But quite often on Coronation Street, they can have female characters assaulting... Oh, yeah. They, they, they have people having full-blown fights and nothing happens. It yeah. just depends on what people... It's the, what, what way the wind blows. And, and, of course, Bethany glassing that man in the face. Who can forget that? That's fine. <laughs> She's got completely away with it. Yep. So Nikki throws a shoe. I, I think it's prejudice against sex workers, to be honest. Probably. I have to do, <laughs> do some research into this and do a dissertation on it or something. Right, so Pete, is a solicitor friend of Adam, sees him outside the police station and says, oh yeah, Nikki, yeah, I know her, he's always in trouble. Goes with the job because she's a prostitute. He says she's a prosy. Prosy. <laughs> What's more offensive, prosy <laughs> or prostitute? Um, I think prosy. Uh, Nikki, I don't know, prosy's kind of like casual and fun. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a nice perfume. <laughs> Whenever I feel in I like tramp. I, I reach for my bottle of prosy. <laughs> It smells like fresh linen and other things. Uh, Nikki storms over to Daniel's and says, leave leave me alone. I can fight my own battles. And also, this guy didn't even um, press charges at all. But that doesn't matter. You wouldn't have yeah. to if you hadn't come and storm, uh, wound things up. And Daniel says, oh, I just missed you. I know that you're not her, but it's nice for, for a while to pretend that you are her. And, and I do genuinely like you. Which she kind of 
she kind of likes the look of it. She, she, she does a she bit of a smile. Like, oh, that's good. Um, but she does say, look, you need help. And then Tracy comes around and Daniel says, oh, this is my friend, Nikki, who is a friend from university. And Tracy is very excited about this. She wants to talk. She's been shielding because of a kidney transplant this whole time, she says. Nice. Yeah. I had We had said we haven't seen much of Tracy recently, haven't we? But um, I suppose that that fits. Yeah. Has Carla been shielding as well? Doesn't, ar- doesn't appear to have been have, because she has yeah. been in quite a few other stories. But Yeah, she's been working behind the bar. Yeah. Daniel, <laughs> maybe Tracy's had it worse or something. Daniel explains that, well, maybe she did, like, she's got like a really old kidney transplant and like Carla's like a new great one. Yes. Yeah, technology. Tracy's kidney transplant dates back to 1994, so... They probably, like, sewed her up with strips of Just Seventeen magazine. <laughs> Daniel explains that Nikki works in the office at university. She doesn't go to university. She just works there. Because he's like... Daniel's like, I don't want to... I don't want Tracy to rumble this. And Nikki is obviously a bit thick. Because she's not as clever as me, Daniel. Nikki the thicky. Mm. You know what I mean? Daniel's like... Yeah, well, if Ken gets wind of it, he's going to be right over there saying, so, Nikki, tell me about your your favourite Shakespearean sonnet. Tracy seems to think that Nikki is his girlfriend and trying to keep it quiet. And the more they deny it, the more she just thinks it's definitely true. And then when Nick, for some reason, Daniel leaves them together and then Tracy starts talking about Sinead and saying, oh, it's really great how Daniel seems more happy now and it must be thanks to you. Then Adam comes in, Nikki runs off and Daniel goes and chases her, and she's just fed up with all of this. Obviously, t- this is way more than she bargained for with this guy. Yeah, she's and in, she a, in over her head now with this. She wants to she? get away from him. Daniel comes back, and Adam's got loads of questions. Tracy's left, and so they can speak more candidly. And he admits to... <laughs> this This is really funny. Oh, no, this is this happens on Friday. And Daniel says, yes, she is a sex worker, and so what? And Adam's like, oh, I don't know, this doesn't sound very healthy to me. On Wednesday, Adam sees Daniel and says, I'm worried about you. I think that, um, I think, you know, this is... And Adam's like, well, it's, I know it's, it's none, none of my, my business, business, but and Daniel's like, yes, no, you're right. It isn't any of your business. No. Ray sees Daniel and, and says, be careful who you associate with. And then Adam goes, that reminds me, I love Nikki. Phones her up, apologises for yesterday and says, why don't you come over as a mate? Which I think screams to me, I want a freebie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever happens, happens. I just won't have to pay you for it this say, time because mates don't pay for it. So you come they? round and you're wearing a nice dress and it's a bit nippy and you have to wear Sinead's cardigan because you're cold. <laughs> um, he, he says, Look, I promise you can walk away afterwards if you don't want to stay friends with me. And then Adam finds out Nikki's coming around. He can't believe it. What's going on? And Daniel, Daniel looks like he's going to explain. And on Friday, we get the other half of it. And Daniel's like, listen, it's not what you think, right? And unfortunately for Daniel, what everyone thinks is a lot better and less weird than what the actual truth of the matter is. He's like, it's not what you think. It's not like a br- I get a sex worker around and pay her to have sex with me. No, I get her to come around and wear my dead wife's clothes and watch videos of my baby. <laughs> and Adam's like oh good god um yeah so uh i don't think daniel's very impressed with this uh adam's not very impressed with this so he confronts her when he sees nikki in the streets and said listen um leave him alone and she says why don't you make it worth my while and basically says if you give me money i won't go back to see him 
So Daniel, we don't see what happens, but we do see Daniel coming back to Daniel's, Adam coming back to Daniel's place and going, oh, where's Nikki? How strange, she hasn't turned up. And then he says to Daniel, this is the last thing you need right now. It's not good for Bertie. And Daniel gets mad and asks Adam to leave. Yeah, he's like, don't you dare bring my son into this. I'm kind of, I, th- I think that Daniel maybe doesn't like the idea that this isn't good for his son. He must know, and he must have had a little niggling voice in the back of his head saying, this isn't right for, for Bertie. It's not right for anybody. But he the, to have somebody confront him with that fact is like, he's well, not ready Well, this is the thing, yet. yeah, people don't. Tell you what, parents really don't like when you tell them they're doing something wrong with their kid especially if you don't have any of your own (laughs) speaking of kids we learn on i think it was friday nikki drops in or somebody drops in that nikki's got a daughter i thought this was such a weird revelation i thought that was really odd i was not expecting to hear that because she's really young yeah i mean uh, we don't know anything more than that do we we don't i mean there's obviously no father on the scene was this um what are you going to say? What was was there somebody conceived during one of her her paid liaisons? Because we know that the the escorts and sex imagine. workers around Weatherfield obviously don't use protection. Otherwise, <laughs> Jeff wouldn't have got his STI, would he? I don't think that <sighs> maybe Nikki's baby is actually Jeff's. <gasps> oh my god, my god! <laughs> yes, theory. the baby must be a bit old. No, I thought that they said that... I, th- I thought that they Don't said that the, ba- the baby is about Bertie's age. No, no, no. <laughs> Why did you say that? Although, to be fair, Jeff wasn't going to see sex workers around the same time that Bertie was conceived. But, um, you know, odd six months like, here yeah. and there. Yeah, I mean, on Coronation Street, it makes it was, does it? Mm. Um, yeah, I thought that was a bit of a weird twist, honestly. I wonder if it's kind of setting them up to have a happy family, because I still don't know at the end of this whether Nikki's going to be hanging around. I kind of don't want her to. I sort of like her, but then I see think then she does things that make me not like her. But like the bit when Daniel says, "Oh, I just like you," and she smiles, I thought, "Okay, that's quite sweet." But when she accepted that money, or basically asked for the money yeah. from Adam, it wasn't like it was Adam's idea. No, it was her idea. She literally, yeah, so paid money. Yeah, your your money is more important to me than going to speak with Daniel, this guy that, that thinks that we've got something something going on this, this daughter wise. to me feels a bit like a get out of jail free card for the writers to try to rehabilitate nikki and mm. explain away everything that she's done i'm sure they're going to be like oh yeah i was never a sex worker before my baby came along but then i couldn't look after her this is the only way i can re- i can earn enough money yeah for, as a single mother i only have to work you know sometimes it's just five minutes a day Depends on the man. <laughs> and um, also, this is why I was scared of getting too close to you, because I don't want to complicate my life for my daughter. But you know what? You're really such a great man, and I, I think I could spend the rest of my life... You know what I mean. Mm. I can just really feel... I, and it does, it, would kind of, it does kind of annoy me, because if that's where they're going with it, because it's, again, this tale of sex workers forced into... The situation because of circumstances completely beyond her control whereas nikki seemed before then to be like i've made this choice for myself yeah i'm preying know? on on men who yeah i don't, don't know what to do yeah. with their money and yeah quite I, enjoy I'm it quite really happy to liberate you of your cash yeah and it is yeah I, I find it a bit. Yeah, you're right. I think it could twist. be a yeah some way to it does, rehabilitate it, it her feels character. Very unimaginative. She's a human too. No, it feels very unimaginative for writers. Often will fall back on uh, what? Why would a woman do this? And then they're like, oh yeah, because they have a baby. 
Mm. And no woman, no woman ever makes mistakes unless they have a child. And then everything they do is always excused. Yeah. Because they had a baby. And yeah. it just gets a bit, a bit boring. Mm. It, 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 because it's such a reductive character motiva- motivation, I think. Yeah. And it kind of like reduces women's, just kind of reduces mothers as well to automatons who will always do. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 no, yeah, totally. I don't know what I'm really yeah, trying no, to say. I'm so tired. What do you think that um do you think that Daniel's going to find out that Adam paid for her to go away? She'll probably bring it up. But will it's it's No, this is another she'll, she'll example. She'll say he tried to pay me Can even though it was her you, that instigated it. This is another example of why Nikki's why it's probably written in that Nikki's got a, a daughter because she'll probably say, "Listen, Daniel, my child is my first priority does it over you you would say that about bertie wouldn't you well yes i put my child before everybody else including you you weren't going to pay me you wanted me to come around if if adam gives me money that means i don't have to work tomorrow and i can spend all day with my daughter or Mm. some rubbish like that and then he'll buy it yeah but really she is very cutthroat i've said this the whole way through she she ha- she's appearing it isn't she? But you know it's okay to be cutthroat if you're doing it for your daughter and you're a single <laughs> mum. Do you think that um, Adam? Daniel said that it's it's none of his business. Do you think that Adam is, you know, putting his neb in where it's not needed, or or, or should he even do more? Because I'm, I'm kind of thinking it's not really his business, but he is heartedly meddling. Yeah, he's it's like not... get involved or don't. He's he's not really getting that involved. If he really didn't think that this was healthy for Daniel, he should be like inviting him out every night or getting getting people around, telling Ken maybe. Or I'd do you tell think... Ken? I'd go off and tell on him. Oh, and I know we can't have Ken for external reasons coming round and having a bit of a father son chat with with Daniel about this. Actually, I think you've kind of cracked a little bit of this here because it might very well have been Ken. Mm. involved in this rather than Adam if they hadn't had coronavirus possibly although Ken was an escort at one point as well wasn't he not not the same kind of escort but he did um, work for Alec Gilroy at one point in the late 90s early 2000s I think and uh, that must have been the late 90s if it was Alex, uh, Alec and he took he took um, rich old women out for, for meals so maybe he would sympathise with Nicky in this otherwise he just looked like a massive hypocrite <laughs> I don't think he's he's afraid to be a hypocrite. <laughs> um, I, I, honestly, if you do look at what Adam's done this week, you really could have put Ken in his place, and they would have done. He would have done the same thing. Mm. I can totally, I can totally imagine Ken confronting um, Nikki and offering her money to leave. Mm. to leave Daniel alone. It seems like more of a thing Ken would do than Daniel would yeah, do. Yeah, and also Adam seems... Why is, I mean, Adam, Ad- why is Adam so involved? Why yeah, especially so when he's so much involved with the Gary storyline. I yeah. know that's on ice at the moment while they're away on honeymoon, but they're, they're really giving Sam Robinson a lot to do at the moment, yeah. aren't they? As somebody who... Um, he went. Was it last year that he went away for to, to Italy for a few months and, and, and people have been saying Adam's not... You know, he's he's we barely ever see him. That's that's turned around, and he's he's quite he a major player at the moment now, isn't he? I just wonder whether when uh, Gary and Maria get back off their honeymoon, is he going to suddenly lose all interest in Daniel Ten and have probably. him fend for himself? Because you remember how how um, involved Ken got with Daniel and Sinead. Yes, it's like he he probably wouldn't have learned his lesson, even though 
Yeah, well, yeah, no, he might have done, maybe. He's like, I, I don't want to tell you, Daniel, that you shouldn't be seeing this sex work. But, but I'm not going to say that, just in case he pushed me down the stairs on my way out. Or, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, um... That's one of the smaller storylines already. They were really were the two main ones. The Johnny Scott Secrets was Monday only. We were left last Friday with... Um, oh, yeah, sitting the, down. Let's sit, talk about Let's talk what about what this secret is that, that corey has been um, tantalising with and dangling in front of us for the past six months. Well, Johnny says, I feel terrible. Well, glad you asked. I, I, it appears that Scott took the rap for something and was arrested for it. And Johnny says, I was, I was too scared to come forward. And Scott's kind of surprisingly okay with it. And he was just like, oh, it's, it's all right. We were mates. But I don't believe Scott for a minute that he's okay for it. And I'm foreseeing some kind of revenge happening at some at some point in the future. John, and, and I think Johnny thinks that as well. Even though Scott's saying it's fine, Johnny's very, very much on edge. And, and he says, look, do you ever think about, you know, what happened with that security guard? And that's the closest dot, dot, we get dot. to any kind of revelation. But I think it felt like it was enough for now. I, Honestly, I was kind of hoping to know to more. Know but what else could they... Really, all we need to know is what it was that they... It's are they a murderer? Are they murderers or not? Is Scott a murderer? Oh, I imagine that um, they were... So it was a robbery and then he something went wrong and yeah. they saw him fall down or somebody shot at him or whatever. But honestly, I can't understand how you wouldn't know what happened because it would be in the paper if he died. Well, maybe there, there is possibly more to come with the security guard later on. Hey, maybe he got shot in the leg and then he couldn't walk again or something, you know? Because, Pop. because listen, do you ever wonder, do you ever think about, you know, what happened to that security guard, right? Either, do you ever think about the fact we killed a guy? Mm. Or do you ever think, what happened to that security guard? I don't know what happened. Because you wouldn't know what happened, because you were there, and you would have followed it up. I can't remember whether they said what it was that Johnny was sent down for. Was it, was it the robbery? Johnny. Sorry, Scott. Or was he sent down for robbery and murder or manslaughter or something like that i can't remember what they said now it's whether there's it's what it almost feels like they've got a secret about a security guard that nobody else knows and they know what's happened to him yes exactly because saying do you ever think about what happened to the security guard seems like a really weird way of of saying do you remember when we killed that security guard Mm. let's let's just skip right ahead and go completely off piste here and then think of, and, and then move to we will return to this security guard that has been pulled out of the canal in the Billy and Todd and uh, Sean story because that's the other thing, isn't it? They basically had that one scene where Johnny and, uh, and and Scott are talking about a security guard, and then like a couple of scenes later, we see on Billy's phone when he's looking through this dead bodies website, it zooms in on something about somebody with a security guard's uniform being pulled out of a canal, didn't it? Yeah. And at the time, that felt like, are we supposed to see this? Is this obvious? Do they want us to see? Or is it going to be one of these things that later on they say, how oh, you never spotted this before? But it felt very, very convenient. It was on too long. Yeah, it felt very, very convenient that at the same time that somebody's talking about, remember the security guard, and then maybe that same security guard gets pulled out of the canal. So I think it was supposed to be a bit of a red herring. I thought, I thought it was totally stupid and confusing. Who watched that and when... This event happened when Carla was a child. Yeah? Mm. 
Oh, I know that the canals in Manchester don't have a great reputation for being clean. <laughs> There's no way a man's body has been in the canal so long and and is still recognisably a security guard. Mm. Yeah, I know. I think I think that they wanted us to think that it was that. Because what was the news? But Man, it can't be. What, what, what I think it was the they, we have found their body. No, no, it said something like security guard or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but listen, right? You lead with the most interesting piece of information when you're writing a news article. Mm. You don't write security guard dead pulled from river. You write, good God, we found a 30-year-old corpse in this river. You know what I mean? Mm. The fact that he's a security guard is not as interesting as the fact that he's been in there for 30 years if it's the same man. I don't know whether it was a news article that Billy was looking at anyway because it was on the website for missing people, so... Well, it, yeah, but if you're, if you're trying to help... If you're trying to help people locate missing people, it probably would be more important to let them know the time frame in which you think this body was... Mm. You don't, you don't yeah. want to make people think it's a recent body if it isn't. No. Can you understand feels, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you drag a body out of the river and it's 30, a 30-year-old 30 security guard who's been in there for 30 years, you don't go, oh, yeah, his profession's the most important thing out of these two bits of facts. Mm. If you only want to know one thing, I'll tell you, he's a security guard. It's like going, oh, a brown-haired man was pulled out <laughs> of the... Oh, and he's also wearing king's robes. We think it might be yeah, yeah. Richard III, but we've already found him under a car park. <laughs> So do do you agree that they're trying to that was a bit of a red herring and they no, did I thought want that to, was silly. To, yeah, but do Anyone you think with it, a brain well, is going to go how could that be but, the same person? That's confusing. But did Coronation Street want us to think I hope ah not. that's that. I hope not I think that they did they want were, us to I think, think they're that. underestimating people's intelligence. Mm. Well, we'll, we'll come back. Because the thing is, if you think about it for too long, it suddenly becomes super confusing because you know you know it's not the same person. It can't be. Mm. It can't be. It can't, it can't be. be the same person. It was a bit clumsily done. Let's let's come back to that when we get to the Billy and Billy stuff. Anyway, so we know that um, Johnny and Scott were a bit of a bit of a pair of robbers back in the day, and something happened to a security guard. But Scott says, "Let's just put it behind us and let's move on from it." Jenny comes in and she's glad to see them talking because because Johnny's been a bit of a closed book since he's been back. Um, he tries to get away, but Jenny says, oh, no, Scott can stay for tea. So Scott um, spends the evening regaling Jenny with stories about those two in the past, including a joke about how they used to... Does it say they, they're two guys with a ladder and we used to have a, a snoop in and then go and oh, yeah, the case the joint yeah, and then we go and yeah. rob it. And Jenny's like, you what? Uh, and he's like, I oh, know, only joking. But it felt like maybe what he was saying was the truth. Because look on Johnny Johnny's face. Because Johnny was looking face, at him like, shut like, up. <laughs> um, so Je- I mean, Jenny is completely charmed by Scott, isn't she? I yeah. hope that they're not going down a route where Scott tries to seduce Jenny, but wouldn't surprise me. Well, maybe he wants revenge. Well, yeah, I think he does. Um, so after dinner, Scott's left. Jenny says to Carla, oh, I've been finding out all about Johnny's fast. It's so interesting. Um, Johnny's past, not his fast. And his past. And when Scott is alone with Carla, he says that some friendships are best left in the past. I'm not the same person as I used to be. So we're we're still left with the idea of Johnny's a bit of a mystery man. We think we know. Well, Jenny thinks that she knows him. But um, yeah, revenge, it feels to me, is definitely on the cards because he's been locked away for all these times. It's not like he didn't do anything wrong, but I think he feels that Johnny deserves to well, take listen, some of the Well, listen, even if you're a decent person, 
who happens to be a murderer and a robber. Mm. And you're like, well, I'm the one who got caught. I wouldn't want my friend to go down as well. What's the point of us punishing two both, you know, better, better for me to just keep my mouth shut. You still would be like, but I'm really mad about it. And I kind of wanted you to know that I'm mad about it. Mm. I think I would just take all the money out of the teller and run away if I was him. <laughs> as he was sort of, um, sort of during those scenes that he was on on one day, I was kind of thinking, I, I think you could make quite a good villain. Uh, he felt quite, yeah, quite believable and quite creepy and uh, someone who could really, really He's turn also physically nasty. imposing as yeah. well, isn't he? Yeah. Like, and you can imagine him just, like, smacking you into a wall. Yeah, and, he, and he's younger than Johnny as well, isn't he? I think he could quite easily take Johnny now, whereas, you know, well, back in the day, Johnny might have had, his age might have been an advantage, an advantage over him. We don't know how long ago this was. We know that we know that said, but... we know that Scott knew Carla's mum. Yeah, yeah. So when we and go back, no, like 30, Scott 40 knew years. Car- Scott knew Johnny's wife, yeah. and also, but knew her before Carla might have been born. I can't remember. There, there's like still 30, something. There's still ago. something going on between Scott and Carla because he was so protective over her. But I haven't quite been able to piece together what that is yet. Um, Carla's dad was a security guard. Johnny no. is Carla's dad. <laughs> Carla's, Carla's mum was a security guard. Oh, God. Because we're ne- they never said it was security <laughs> they guard. We're just was assuming. We're just assuming. We're just being right. sexist. Women can what, be security so, okay, guards so too, even happened? in the 70s. <laughs> so, yeah. She was probably a funky security guard with bell-bottom trousers yeah. and like really tight um, belt. <laughs> and like a Farrah Fawcett um, like fringed hair. I think you're exactly right. You're so... so yeah, so Scott's upset because they murdered Carla's mum. Okay. And Carla often speaks of that, and it's her passion in life to find out who killed her mum, as we know. It's feeling to me husband. like it could be a while until we hear more of this story again. I was I was disappointed when we didn't get to see any of it on Monday and Wednesday. But Wednesday felt like a bit of a new filming block to me because that's when we had, you know, the Alahan stuff in there and mm. uh, and and the Shona and David stuff coming back again. So. Yeah, it, it, we could be waiting a while until we hear more of this, but I'm glad that things are finally starting to move again. Um, peep show, Gemma. Yeah, okay, so on Wednesday, David comes over to see Shona in the cafe, and Nina says, oh, she's always happier when she sees you, and... Yeah, they, yeah, she's... They, 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 Shona they comes down and they're going to have a little chat. Things. They're going to go on a walk later on. Nina asks Shona how she's getting on with David. And Shona's not really sure. And she's warming to him. But she's like, I don't know if I feel safe around him. And Nina says, you know that he's mad about you, don't you? And um, on Max, they go and sit on a Maxine's bench and have a chat. Shona and David. Uh, uh, yeah, and Shona says, "Do you, are you mad about me? And David says, yes. And he's, she says, does that mean you want to have sex with me? <laughs> and she, he says, yes. And so she starts to take her top off. And Jenny's walking past. And she's like, ah, take it away. Go away from me, you What well, that Jenny Bradley What is. did she say? She says, spearmint rhino. That's it, yeah. We do actually. I've surprised we got to see a Shona bra shot, didn't we? Well, you know, got to have a treat now and then, haven't we? <laughs> On Friday. My highlight of the week. Shona is offended. So is your character of the week Shona's bra? <laughs> or, or did you hate Shona's bra? Because if it wasn't there. <laughs> On Friday, Shona is offended at Dave's rebuttal and he says, I do fancy you. You're improving every day, but you just can't have sex on the bench. 
In the daylight. In the da- yeah. <laughs> this is Weatherfield. Um, things will get back to normal. I mean, Sarah sees David later and she's worried about Shona. And David says she's just struggling with how to behave. And she doesn't really know what's appropriate and what isn't. But I will stick by her in sickness and in health, which is very sweet. Yeah, that was nice. I mean, I d- it didn't feel like the story... Um, this, this was just more of the same, really, wasn't it? This was more of like manic... manic like Shona's manic yeah, and she, she doesn't, doesn't understand know how metaphors. To, she doesn't know how but to react does... in certain situations which what, we which we knew about already. What was the thing that she didn't understand what Nina said? Um, I don't remember. But she understood the phrase mad about you. It's yeah. She does some things she understands and some things she doesn't, it's not very consistent. Mm. And I'm also constantly watching this going, Is this what people are really like? That's that's my problem. This seems it? really odd. Is this supposed to be funny? Am I supposed to think this is charming? Because if this is really what people are like, this is, this is you know, n- not something to think is funny. But you can't really do a story like this and have absolutely no elements of, like, slightly comical, you know? Mm. It just... Uh, I don't know anyone who's been shot in the head, thank goodness, but I'd, I still question whether... This is how people who have been shot in the head and go in a coma for a bit act. Honestly, but, I wouldn't... Uh, did they ever do a proper explanation? Did a doctor ever say anything to anybody? Well, probably, but it's been so long. Well, I it? just would like them to sit down and say, she was shot here in this part of her brain, which is con- which controls functions related to this, and so therefore she has to... Re- you know what I mean? Because mm. it it's is It's really confusing. sad if it is realistic isn't it i know but i have heard you know because i studied psychology at a level and one of my favorite things was abnormal psychology and you learned a lot about how the brain works and how different things affect you know different disorders and, and things and there are very interesting things that can happen to you and things that you know malfunctions of your brain that can have unusual effects so if this is in fact something that happens the thing is we haven't had the usual, as far as I know, maybe I've just missed it, um, Jack and Jules going on the breakfast TV show saying, yeah, that we worked with the whatever charity for this and we, I spoke to people who this happened to and they also tried to have sex with their husband on a bench. And, and, uh, it feels like, is that because it's not real? The thing you know? is, right? And yeah, we... is it not real? And if it is real, the thing is, yes, it is a bit funny, but we managed in this country... To, to understand Tourette's syndrome by laughing, but yet understanding and living through someone's experience. In Big Brother, mm. what was the name of that Pete? guy? When Pete, who had Tourette's syndrome, was in Big Brother on the, in the UK, you kind of got to see how he could laugh along with what was going on with her, him. But sometimes it was also really sad when it got in the way of things that he actually wanted to do. Mm. And it was touching. And oftentimes you bond more closely and become, you feel more affectionate and protective of somebody who can also laugh at something, which is inherently funny because mm. because sometimes tics can be funny and, mm. and people with Tourette's syndrome will say, yes, they can sometimes be funny, but also they can sometimes be really frustrating yeah, because I don't want people to make fun of me or laugh at me. Mm. You know, I want it to be my, my choice. But like, if this is something that really happens to people, Shona could be a really good person and I would like her... I mean, she sometimes gets upset about things, but I would... I would. It does remind me a bit of Tourette's syndrome in that you have an outburst of something that you can't yeah, physically uncontrollable help. inappropriateness. Exactly. It's almost... It's kind of a similar thing. Mm. 
But if we can learn to love and accept it through watching somebody... Because before, before Pete came on Big Brother, Tourette's Syndrome was sort of a joke. Yeah, no, nobody really knew about it. And yeah, yeah, people, if they knew about it, they thought it was funny. Yeah. And then, and then we watched him sort of struggle and then everybody came on board with sort of, you know, this is something that we mm. now know about and we want to help people who have this problem. I'm just saying, mm. there's there's a parallel here that that is missing a trick, I think. Yeah, and I do wa- I, I do wonder, is it just going to go away and then never be mentioned again because Corey Probably. has got a massive um, history with things like that happening like are we just going to have a few scenes of her being inappropriate and then it's yeah it's not going to be mentioned and her going wait a minute that's inappropriate I won't do that yeah and then she suddenly never does it again and also it's still we I, I I was thinking about when she was in it a few weeks ago and she went to see she went to see Sarah Lou or did she go and see do you remember when she waltzed into the Platts house a few weeks ago and she was like what was it? I don't know. It was, it was when Sarah, It was when it was before Gary and Maria's wedding, and Sarah comes in and speaks to Sarah. So Shona comes in and speaks to Sarah and says, "Oh, David's just been telling me everything about such and such." And oh, it was yeah. almost like she was back to normal then, and also like she she was really close to David. Yeah, at the beginning of this week, she seemed surprised that he was mad about her. I don't get why it's you know many many months since she's been back, she's still surprised that he's mad about her. But, yeah, the, the human brain is a... It's strange as well when, like... It's a, a weird thing. Most of, most of the affliction seems to be... Number one, misunderstanding what's appropriate and what isn't. But number two, just, just always being cheerful. Yeah. yeah. It's like, if that's actually, you know... If that... If, if, if you get if you get shot in the head and it makes you cheerful with some side effects of you be doing inappropriate things which you don't realise and it's everyone else's problem. Sign me up. Yeah, shoot me. In head. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do like Shona and David. I know you don't. I know lots. Don't not, I know lots of That's people don't. That's probably what part of my problem is. Like, I, want, I, don't I just care. want to go back to normal again. Back now, together again. I think. Um, right. We also had. I mean, that this Todd Squad score. We were basically said already what happened there was the massive cliffs hanger last week which again fizzled out into nothing when they found this body had been dragged out of the canal and they're like is it todd and then it's resolved very quickly and when like they, we don't even see them finding out that it's not todd do we we just have um either billy or sean telling the other oh it's fine it's a man in his 50s so it's okay so it's like oh, i didn't, didn't really need that cliffhanger well i mean running around in the woods ages you and then um, I mean I feel 10 years older just because I had to shower in a murder van Wednesday and Friday was yet more nothing with Mary going to see Sean in the factory I'm convinced that nobody's doing any work there literally we're just seeing the office and the break area it's weird I mean it's getting to be very noticeable that nobody does any work in that place what a kick in the teeth to Manchester's heritage as a manufacturing powerhouse to have a factory that doesn't make anything (laughs) so Sean's down in the dump so Mary goes over to a picnic for a picnic with him and they have a lovely time they have wine which is the main thing but Sean is still left wondering Todd was a bit of a you know, he could wind people up. What if he's upset the wrong person this time? So we're not, we're no further this I mean, if week. All we know this week is he's not, it wasn't him in the canal, but he might still be in, in there, you never know. If anyone's going to annoy people enough to get murdered, it's Todd. Yeah. So wh- where did we get the the alert about the missing person? Was it in that story? That, that, you that yeah, that, down? yeah, I have. That, that, that was just it, um, Billy saying, oh, it's fine. 
He just, oh, he's just okay. looking through the website the on his phone, body wasn't he? Was a man in his fifties. Yeah, and, and Bill said, but Billy, it was the it was from a canal. So it's a security guard who's been in the canal. He's yeah. in his fifties. Billy says, "Oh, I think I've just seen something about somebody I knew. Don't worry oh, about yeah. it." Does he say that? To, he might even say that to Paul, you know. Um, which kind of lends credence to the rumour that's going around. And I don't think this is no, a spoiler. I, I think this is literally no. pe- some people's theory. No. No? No what? No. What? No. Don't mention it. No. There's a theory going around, but we're not allowed to talk about it just in case it's real. Let's move on to the next story. What's been going on with Dev, Gemma? He's had a bit of a tough time financially during COVID, well, which is quite handy that this is um, tied in with the fact that they already wanted to make him destitute because they're spending they're the money on the school fees. They're kicking themselves thinking, we didn't need to bother this with this whole um, internet porn uh, side story to make Asher and Ardy move schools because... Dev was going to go bankrupt anyway, thanks to Corona. He's just Actually, doubly in the I doo-doo will, now. I will point out that of all the people on the street who have a business, Dev is in a uniquely powerful position because he had a corner shop. And as far as I know, our local corner shop never once closed down. It was open the whole time. Yeah. And he had a takeaway, which also never closed down. So really, business should have been booming for for Dev. Also, does he did he like get a a payment break for school if it was closed? I should bloody well hope so. <laughs> During lockdown. If not, I want an extra year of school, and they can be in school until till they're like nineteen. But anyway, for one reason or another, he's drowning in bills at the beginning. Of I mean, Wednesday's it probably episode, is incredibly stressful for any business owner. I'm sure it is, but I'm just going to point out that this is you know as far as I understand it. Of all the small businesses, corner shops and takeaways have have done the best. Mm. If anyone can do good well out of a pandemic. So he's having a stressful morning on, on Wednesday. He's got squabbling kids, he's drowning in bills, and he's double booked himself at the corner shop and prima donna. But luckily, Asha is a bit more sensitive than Ardy, and she offers to do a shift. Newly bespectacled Asha. She She's goes, now wearing Tanisha Corey's glasses, isn't she? There was she, Tanisha put something on um, Instagram a month or so ago saying, oh, I've, I've been wearing these glasses all this time and now finally Asher gets the good of it. I don't think it was mentioned on the show, but well, if, you're, um, if, if anyone's wondering why she's suddenly wearing glasses, it's because the actress has got them. And you shouldn't ever be upset to wear glasses. No. Because it can make you look even more sexy and wonderful than you already do. Just like you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I was thinking of Gillian Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> Same difference. <laughs> I mean, some people confuse us all the time. We've both got British accents. And maybe those people need some glasses. <laughs> <laughs> glasses for everyone. It'll help you one way or the other. <laughs> Corey is in the kebab shop and he apologises to Asha for everything. And, you know, Are he you points, filming like, her yeah, stripping? And... I shouldn't have done that. And she's like, don't worry about it. He's not the one that uploaded the video, is he? Remember, I'm, that was Kelly no, that did that. No, R. Kelly, sorry. No. He betrayed Asha's trust by recording something. Yeah. I'm not saying that he wasn't in the wrong. No, I'm But she yeah. seems to have forgiven him pretty quickly. Well, she's forgiven him. It's down to her to decide. But personally, I still think he's a dog. So they well, he doesn't do anything on the episodes to make you think otherwise or that he's a, you know, a gentleman deep down, does he? So they agree to be more than just friends and they go to speed dial. Then on Friday, we get a, st- a bit about um, Dev being confronted by Kathy because he's cut her hours because he's trying to save as much money as cat he can by working more, more. And he says he's got a cash flow problem and times are hard. 
And I felt really bad for both of them in the scene because Kathy has got the the blunt end, didn't she? Yeah, well, she's saying that Bernie and Ches are getting all the shifts, although I didn't think that Chesney did much work anymore. I thought the whole idea of Bernie working at the prima donna was so that he could be a dad to the quads. Well, but... basically, it it is really sad because... Dev has had to do damage control and look at his employees and say, who are the people who need money the most? And sadly, Kathy's at the bottom of the list. Well, considering that she's going out with an ex-head teacher who's probably, you know, got a a fair bit stashed away. Also, they own the cabin, so... Well, she... No, she's telling him that times are hard. And she's pleading with him because she says she needs the job. And he says, all I can do is promise to give you any more hours that come up. And then she picks up two cans and she's like are these on offer cans of beans and he says yeah and then she says i have these please and she her voice kind of cracks a little bit at the end i thought this was really i thought this was really touching and interesting because you get to you coronation street can do these scenes really well where you have a conflict between two characters that has no obvious solution but they're both coming to it from authentic areas of like it's authentic conflict isn't it a lot sometimes it gets manufactured and that's when it's weak but this is very authentic you've got and and people can um sympathize with this on both ends people who have been in management positions or or owned businesses who have had to make tough decisions that they know employees are not going to like and people who have been in a tough situation at work where they need money and they know that there's nothing the boss can do but they could all you know all they have to do is plead their case yeah i mean dev's putting he's transferring the problems that he's been going through onto kathy now he doesn't want her to he wants to give her the work and he knows what it's like to struggle financially because he's been living through that for the last three months yeah but but he's when he says he's got a cash flow problem and he's what he actually to, to her he i think what he means is that i'm having to do the work myself hmm I don't know. Well, uh, I think he's. I think if I was him, I would um, get my kids to do more work and ca- and get rid of all my actual employees. But I don't know if you're allowed to do that. <laughs> um, what's going on? What did you think with Corey? You wanted to say more oh, about I Corey earlier. I don't like Corey at all. He was such a horrible little. I was git. disappointed when they brought him back because he's been like hovering for like over a year. It feels like because Amy fancied Corey at one point, didn't she? That actor who plays Corey must quite like the. Uh, and also, I think yeah, asked back every now and again. I think he reminds me a lot of Ardy now because Ardy's got a new actor, and they both seem quite like haughty and reserved, kind of like almost semi posh boys. You know what I mean? Oh uh, yeah, but I'm not. I'm not getting that from. I don't know who where are I'm you getting, getting that. that from? Oh, either particularly. Oh, they to me they seem they seem like they they're too cool. Like both of them think they're too cool. I think Hardy is is you know he's been given a bit of a personality transplant he and, and has. he's going to be the new heartthrob. I yeah, think, I, I think so. But I think Corey years. feels the same way. Corey just seems to me like he's far too old to play the role of well, somebody who's. Well, I'm not really uh, bothered about that, but I will say. So he first of all he came up to Asha with this cock and ball story about how you know I I'm really sad but it's not really my fault but I still feel bad about how I was involved and she like went oh Carrie you're so handsome I would like to go to speed out with you well and the fact when, that she so quickly agreed to be more than just friends with him a, as well I thought that she was she more intelligent him. than no that. she just fancies him I don't know why it's obviously know cool. Why. At school or something. Anyway, and then... I don't even go to the same school anymore. And then, when they go to Speed Doll, and Ali's having a meltdown, 
Like Cora's like, oh, calm down, you mardy cow, or something like that, wasn't he? Mm. He was being, he was basically making fun of her. Which is what I was thinking as well, but... But, yeah, but he was doing it in such a bold manner. Yeah, he was like, doing it to impress Asher, and I think Asher didn't particularly mind that she was treating Alia like that. Yeah, I didn't like that at all. It didn't show anybody in, in good light, really. No, uh, Corey is not a likeable person. He's a smarmy but little git. The, the fact that he was act, reacting that way to Alia did give me hope, because sometimes characters... Like you, they, Corey wants you to like them when you're like, no, I don't. But the fact that he was acting like that made me think, okay, Corey doesn't want us to think that Corey's a nice good. person. But I, don't, I, I didn't need this extra wrinkle to the to the Asher story. I'd rather it was going. I, I'd rather there was. It went back to the whole the whole skin lightening thing, which didn't feel like it was finished. And I'm more interested in Dev's money problems as well, which is unusual because I don't usually. Like the money problem stories, but yeah, I know. But I just it's don't so need her to be listen. Out it's so frustrating. It's like watching these people who go on, like um, money saving experts, or you know, they go through the oh, we're having financial woes. Uh, please, can you help us to work out where we're going wrong? And then the expert comes in and says, right, well, you're not going on holiday to Sri Lanka, and you're not having a golf course membership, and you're so, you're gonna stop. Ha- gonna stop sending your dog to the groomers and getting your hair dyed for 60 pound a pop every month for both of them and they go no we can't do that all these money saving things where they go here's how to save a thousand pound a year and you read it and they say don't buy starbucks anymore on your way to work and you go if you're so stupid that you can't think of this yourself you kind of deserve to be in debt Mm. you know what i mean yeah De- Dev's problems, his money problems, can be solved by stopping sending his kids to Ponzi private school. Mm. Exactly. Um, I, I also, with this story, I was kind of hoping that it would focus more on um, uh, Ardy as well, only because I want to more see of more of Ardy. I want to see more of Adam Hussein, who I still think is doing a very good job with him, but he's not been given enough to do yet. He seems I'm just so very, I'm just very curious to know, can he handle... A story, yeah, but it's more. This is still this is still Asher and Dev's story. Asher obviously understands that Dev's having money problems because they're sending her to different them both to a different school, partly because of what happened to her, mm. and so that's why she offered to do the yeah the, 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 shift. the shift. She obviously feels guilty, but. This is another thing that drove me nuts, right? Doesn't they go, oh, listen, I just can't, I'm really worried, like, so many bills, cash flow problems, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, my, my wallet's on the side, go get yourself lunch. <laughs> what are you talking about? I didn't remember My that. kids would not be eating lunches out if I was having trouble feed, you know, mm. with my money problems. Maybe he's just like, at this point, it's like slapping a plaster on the side of the Titanic. <laughs> Eat what you want. Um... And that, that was it for the week, apart from the Abby and Debbie stuff, which literally we saw Abby coming back from um, a addiction meeting with Peter, didn't we? And, oh, yeah, yeah. And Debbie happened to be there to act all suspicious on what's going on there. And, and Abby had to go at her again, take the mick out of her a little bit, because yeah. for some reason, um, that it's funny. But then she's um, mean. Yeah, and then and and then that was it. Because like I said, Wednesday felt like it was a bit of a new filming block, so it could be a while until we see any more of that again. It might not be, but we don't know. We'll see. I'm not. We're I'm not, not behind the scenes. I'm interested to see a bit more of Debbie, just because you know she's new but old. But you know what I mean. But it's still not feeling. I'm still not gripped by the potential Abby. I want to see a bit more of what her Peter. personality is. 
Yeah. I tell you, the wardrobe department is really, really good. And I say, I sing their praises all the time on the show. But I, I have to say that sometimes they really have to do the heavy lifting for some of these characters and tell you a lot more about their personalities than the writers ever bothered to. Because mm. you can look at what Debbie wears and you can pick up a lot more about her than you can from what she's said and done so far. Yeah, she's not had much of a chance to say things, has she? No, I know. Well, you know what? My wardrobe speaks louder than my voice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Right, this week I'm giving my character of the week to Sally, I think, because um, I just like how she's standing up against Jeff and and she's she's sticking to her guns and she's trying to convince Tim, despite the fact that she seems to be fighting a losing battle um, and, and her discovery of the whole camera thing was was what piqued my interest more than pretty much anything else this week so do i have to pick a character yes you do and i am going to score this week's episode i think it felt better than last week to me it wasn't it wasn't thrilling and um like i said the the alley of meltdown was a bit of a disappointment everything else was okay i'll 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 be i'll be generous and give it a three this week i'm gonna give it three tins of reduced beans <laughs> out of five. Oh. And I don't know what anyone else has scored. I put the poll up on the Facebook group already and I've purposely not looked at it because I don't want to oh, copy anyone's scores. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. three is what I'm going for. But it's, it's it's almost into the twos again. Right. What do I What do I want to give it? I don't Who know. Am I, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Do you want to give your score first or do you want to give your character well, the Well, I agree first? with your score. I think three is a fairly... Uh, I think they deserve it. It was fine it's enough. Brilliant, it's not terrible. What are you going to give it three of? <laughs> I'm going to give it three ninjas in, in a cardigan. Nice. Thanks. Character of the week? Hmm. I don't know. It wasn't a week where somebody got stood out and shoulder. Unless you're an Alia fan, I suppose. Yeah. We're not. No, I'm not Alia's fan, but if I was to be her fan. This week is the closest she's come to doing something. Oh, I don't know. She's just coming across. She's still coming across to me as as weak. I know she is very ineffectual. When the thing, the difference is right. When Yasmin wielded that wine bottle at Jeff, there was a sense of danger, and she was unhinged. Whereas yeah. when Alia had it, it's like, what are you going to do with that? Don't cut yourself. Yeah, that, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It, it had a different feel to it. Yeah. But I don't think that. Yeah, I think it was a, it was a good scene because it demonstrated, like she's making the same. I think that's what we're supposed to get out of it. Alia's making the same mistakes as as Yasmin did, I guess, by letting Jeff get to her and play her like a fool. Mm. And maybe this might be a catalyst for Alia using a different tack. I don't know Jeff. though because I don't know I, either. I, I, this is what she's like. Whereas Sally, she's. Jeff is trying to get to Sally and it's not working. Yeah. That's another reason why Sally's more of a hero in this for me, that she's not she's not letting him win where Alia just is every time. Alia can't help herself but scream at him in the street or or lose her rag in front of him. She's she's just playing into what he wants. He wants to see her squirming and suffering and he's probably he's loving it. You could give your character the week to her if you wanted. You could give it to Adam. You could give it to, um, to I, Sally. I was just thinking to... about giving it to Adam because I think I do really, really, I would love to know if this was originally written for Ken. Such a thing that Ken would do all of, all of these scenes this week. Um, but I think he did it well, you know, it's interesting. It's nice to see him 
treating Daniel like he is a closer relative because they're often quite remote from one another. They're not exactly brothers, but they are in a, you know, mm. they're a generation apart, but they're the same, similar age. He's not just ignoring it. We did say earlier that he's kind of low-level helping. And maybe <laughs> there's a bit more that he could do. He's to helping it. in, like, the most emotionally detached... Yeah. I only know how to solve things with money or threatening people with legal action, and this isn't applicable at the moment, so do you want money? <laughs> kind of way. But he's giving, he's trying. He's, he is trying his bestest. Yeah. I'll give Let's it wait to and Adam. see what he's like when, uh, when Gary comes back. Okay, and that's it. So I think with that, um, it's time to move on to the news section of the podcast. So time for the news, and this is the one that we've all been waiting for. We knew it was going to happen, and not everyone's happy with it. But some people are. Coronation Street is back to six episodes the week after next. So we've literally got one week left of... In fact, the week that's coming isn't even the norm because I think Friday episode in this coming week is going to be an hour long. So we've got an extra half an hour over what we've been used to since April. So, But yeah, the week after next, we are back to the 7.30 and 8.30 Monday, Wednesday, Friday episodes. Um, Coronation Street feels that it's got enough episodes to future-proof itself just in case we have to go into lockdown again. Do they really think so? I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know why right, they've you're, chosen... You're saying that, I'm, then. Yeah, I'm saying that. I, I, I don't know why now is the time, but I think they're feeling that they're, they're ready to do it. I mean, it, I is, think, it was honestly, always going to happen. It economically was... speaking, unless something really terrible happens, even if we are back to where we were when we began, the government is not going to put us into lockdown again because we can't afford it. Yeah, no, I, that's I the agree. Sad truth. I, I think it's, yeah, that, that's going to be like the last... Yeah. You know, the last straw. Nuclear if we, option. Yeah. Which they might even decide on that before they lock us down again, mm. just blow up part of the country with a nuclear bomb. And Corey was always going to want to get back to normal quick because of, well, partly because of the advertising, and it seems crass to say, but I think that's the truth. Obviously, that's not the line that they're spinning out of uh, out of ITV. They're, they're saying, well... People, people want more episodes, back to normal, everything's everything's great, you've got more Corrie to enjoy, but not well, everyone's reacting that way. Well, there are some people who just want everything back to how it was in March or February, and they don't care how it happens. In what sense do you mean? What do you think I mean? You're saying that... I'm just saying, people at home, some of them, oh, yeah, just they... want everything back to normal. Yeah, yeah. So... And having Corrie back on more times a week is part of that yeah yeah no i totally understand what you mean yeah um you know what i'm going against what i've seen pretty much everyone saying about this news at the moment but i'm kind of glad and i'm looking forward to doing six times a week yeah and i wasn't expecting to think that because i have been perfectly happy with it being three episodes a week it's meant less work for the podcast with it being three episodes a week we've had less you know, less time that we've had to spend recording everything, fewer notes to take and everything. Um, in some ways, um, we've we've enjoyed the things like the the cliffhangers that we've had to wait longer for. But I'm kind of thinking at the moment, and maybe it's just because this is the... We're not having such a great run of weeks on Coronation Street at the moment. I'm thinking, well, if they go back to six episodes a week, things might speed up. And I think that that's part of the, the some of the some of the problem that I'm having with it. It's feeling like it's dawdling. It's it's going a bit slow. And I I was I completely accepted 
when we had to, when when they were using up the episodes that had been filmed before March, that the timing was going to feel off and everything. And if it was feeling a bit slow, well, that's because they're stretching it out because they want to keep it, keep Corey going. But I don't think it needed to be as slow as it felt like it has been since it came back, you know, since they started filming again. They didn't have to make a whole day worth of Weatherfield last two episodes you know it's crawling it feels in some cases and yes we had some great cliffhangers during the lockdown that I was like oh this is even better because we had to wait two days to find out what happened like when Yasmin Glass Jeff for example but maybe that wasn't just to do with the fact that we had the time it was that was a really great cliffhanger having Alia there brandishing a bottle at Jeff on Wednesday to me wasn't a great cliffhanger because I thought, well, she's obviously not going to stab him. A lot of the other cliffhangers recently haven't made me go, oh, I can't wait to see what happens next. So I think maybe, yeah, going back to six might speed things up. And yes, we'll get the artificial cliffhangers and everything, but we've been getting them anyway. And I, I don't, I don't particularly see that the quality is going to drop, which is what a lot of people are saying it has been, because it's it's not been brilliant anyway recently oh gosh what 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 do you to take and I, yeah so I, I see what you mean because the thing is because they seem to still be writing it as though it's two six episodes a week and two episodes per day that's how it feels yeah it feels like they've done that on purpose so that they can go back to six whenever they want to mm. but because of that, when you've got a bad week, you've got a bad fortnight. And we said this before, well, yeah. before lockdown, that's always going to be a problem. And it does, you know, it negates that a little bit. But I don't know. I just, it really feels sad that you get to a stage where, um, you know, the fans, some fans are saying, oh, I don't want it to be six episodes. And I imagine it's quite disappointing if you're Coronation Street, you know, involved in Coronation Street. To, to think that there are fans of your show who are moaning about you going back to six episodes. Yeah. But it re- honestly, genuinely, you can't be offended by it because it's like like people don't want to eat too much ice cream. I don't you know? understand that. Well, I do. <laughs> you can have too much of a good thing. And I, I, I sometimes wonder whether that's what six episodes of Coronation Street a week is. But it feels like the people that are complaining are mostly saying, well, they can't even manage three to, to work well. They're never going to be able to make six work well. I still won't am, make any difference. I am still seeing some people really, really excited by the fact that it's going back to six, which is, which is great. That's what Coronation Street wants. And I think they must know that some people, a lot of people have been happy with it being three. But that, that there was never an option that it was going to stick. No, stay at no, three, that was, was it? never. There's, there's no point saying, "Oh, I wish they'd, you know, wish they'd left it longer, or I wish they'd decided that we're going to keep it as this many." That wasn't going to happen. Uh, EastEnders are changing theirs a bit. I mean, they're going back. Is it next week or the week after? I can't remember. Maybe it's even tomorrow that EastEnders is back on. But they're and they're cutting it down to twenty minutes. I think because they don't have the same advertising. Pressure. Um, yeah, pressure that they they can afford to do more, more how they want to do it. But yeah, so I'm I'm feeling positive about it, and if it is a a bad week, we'll get out of it quicker. And I think also, if it's a good week, I'll I'll have twice as much to enjoy. Yeah, there's also the consideration of the fact that it's the 60th anniversary coming up in December, and they certainly will be thinking that there are certain things they've got to get into place to get to the story that they had planned, even if it's not going to be 
the same way to tell the story that they had envisioned. They're still going to need to get some bits and bobs in place before so that they can tell whatever it is that they want to tell. They're not going to change the story, are they, for what their 60th anniversary is? No, but they're changing how they're doing it. There was was a whole avalanche of spoilers that came out this week because was it last week or the week before that they had that another online uh, press conference with, with Ian McLeod and the the NDL or whatever was up this week so the, the floodgates opened on Wednesday or Thursday night I think and I've seen a few few spoilery bits what, but for the there's... 60th? No, no but no for, for other upcoming stories um, but what they said about the 60th they again reiterated we were going to have something big and Hollywood-esque Stop happen saying that. And, and now we're not but we're still going to have it's going to be you know the same character led stuff is right, going to be there and if somebody gives you a fish finger sandwich which i love right i'll be happy lovely spongy bread butter crispy fish fingers bit of tart sauce bit of ketchup absolutely gorgeous eat it love it brilliant that you gave me a fish finger sandwich and said i was gonna make you steak and chips but i didn't have any steak i would be bummed out to be in a fish finger sandwich and i'd be thinking about the steak i could have had yeah, the thing is, though... You don't people, get brownie points for what you could have done. People were, 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 were bound to ask, that are you having a big stunt? Because people have, have become accustomed, they're going to expect yeah. it. If, if, well, if just... it was somebody gave you a fish finger sandwich for your birthday, you, although you might like it, you I might be thinking in the back of your head, hang on a minute, is, is this all I'm getting? I thought I was going to have a steak for my tea. I usually have steak for my birthday I too. usually have to make my own steak. <laughs> so... Anyway, uh, Ian McLeod has said, the amount of work that's gone into keeping Coronation Street on air and getting it back to six episodes a week has been staggering. I'm so proud of the tireless efforts of everyone behind the scenes and on screen. We've been energised and motivated by the nearly 60 years of heritage behind the show and the massively important place it still holds in the nation's hearts. Throughout lockdown and beyond, the regular instalments of Britain's best love soap have taken on an even greater significance, giving viewers a beacon of familiarity and normality amid the craziness of times. So he's just kind of spinning the, the line of we've all worked really hard, which, which I know they, they have. Um, so that, that's what he was going to say anyway. And there are, there are a lot of people that are excited about it getting back to normal, but Corey needs to at least listen to those voices of the people that are saying, hang on a minute, I preferred it with three, even though they know they can't have it at three, but they need to think, why are people saying that? And, can they react accordingly? I don't know. Even if it means, you know, putting in a few more exciting cliffhangers at the end of an episode and... I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see, but... I'm, what else did he I'm say? Glad. Um, there, were, there were loads of other spoilers, like I said, that I'm not going to say about, but one, of the, uh, one interesting thing that came out, I've got a huge quote here, but I'm just going to paraphrase it yeah. and say that if Coronation Street does have to stop filming... They've got contingency plans in place for a Christmas Day episode. So it seems that no matter what, there is going to be a Christmas Day episode of Coronation Street, which could be, I think he's described it as a bubble episode, something that's very standalone. And let's see how our characters are coping on Christmas Day and everyone films their little bit separately. They, they, he said even up until the 11th hour, we could film a bubble to drop on Christmas Day. But at the moment, fingers crossed, we shouldn't need to. And and that's like, you know, in the worst, worst case scenario. But they've got banks worth of episodes now, haven't they? I mean, they must be filming late October, early November now of six episodes worth. I mean, so it's it's not going to be long. It's going to be in the next month or so. 
I would think that they're going to be filming the 60th um, anniversary episodes, which oh. would be early December. Very exciting, I hope. So, yeah, I, 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 I see this as inevitable good news. I'm trying to be positive about this, only because I've been so down on Coronation Street in general recently. I want to see this as a positive thing, but I totally understand how people are, are not, you know, jumping for joy doing cartwheels at this. E- even you. And It's more because I've just enjoyed a gentler pace of life in general, and I think lots of people have. Just like the rat race, it feels like everything's like quick, quick, quick consume everything, see everything, do everything, be everywhere, go everywhere. And then in lockdown, it's like, well, you can do what you want now and you can take, do whatever you, you know, take it however you want. And only having three episodes a week, it just feels way more chilled out. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I have certainly enjoyed that aspect of it. But um, as as Denise Welch, ex-Coronation Street actress, has been saying a lot of on uh, on on Twitter and on on interviews loose in women. the last week. And she on loose women. She is on loose women. Um, you know, some in some ways you need to try and get back to normal. I'm not going to put say, I'm not going to put words in her mouth. But Denise Welsh has been making waves. Have, have you seen any of this? I saw Piers Morgan having a go at her. Oh yeah, I think I think long term enemies. Listen, I don't understand how anybody thinks they're saying anything unique and interesting when they say we've got to get back to normal. We all know that we've got to get back to normal, but crying about it and moaning about it and saying like there's something that anyone can do about it is not helping (laughs) we all know this we all know this we're not doing it on purpose it's like people who don't like masks you've just got to suck it up and wear it i'm sorry yes nobody wants to wear it yes we wish things were back to normal again but we we're all adults aren't we yeah, this is the sort of thing I expect little children to be saying. <laughs> um, do you want to? Do you want to take the next news item? As I seemed, I felt like I was hogging. Can you that imagine if we one? were in World War Two and and we were like, can we just stop having this war? Should we just let Hitler have Europe? But we do we even want it anyway? I mean, aren't you all sick of rationing? I know I am. I want things back to normal. <laughs> it's just childish. De- Denise has been... I don't know anything about Denise Welsh. I'm not having a go at her because I, I, all I've seen is one headline and one headline about Piers Morgan. But I'm just saying, in general, the sentiment helps no one and does nothing of any use. Well, well, we'll set that as a bit of homework for our listeners then to go and... If, as no, it, as don't it is bother. slightly Coronation Street related to go and... Uh, if you're interested in, in what old Natalie Horrocks has been saying in her alter I ego don't, Honestly, actress, I think if she's... Uh, from what yourself. I understand, she has been having trouble... And she's been open, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but this is the impression I got. She's been having trouble with her mental health during this time. And that's a completely different aspect and something that is a personal struggle. But I don't get... I don't think it's good to give somebody a platform to then be attacked on the basis of their mental health problems. It, mental health is certainly to do with it, and she's been a big advocate for yes, mental she, health she charities has. for a of very long she time, has. and she's worried and about fantastic. the mental health of other people yes, as well of course. during lockdown. But, but then giving somebody a platform when you know, you know exactly what's going to happen, and when you, especially when you write a headline, you say, Coronation Street's Denise Welsh says this about that, and then you, you're opening the floodgates for people to attack her, like I just have. It's not helpful for people in that situation. Mm. Everybody, you you can't solve this problem by talking about how bad it is. That's my only point. Yeah. You you can't. No. You just no. got to get on with it, and and wait for it to be over and stop complaining because it's not gonna 
make any difference. <laughs> it's like, listen, we all have struggles. I hate having a shower. Every day I've got to have a shower and I complain about it, but does it help? No. Are you going to appreciate your showers I more now I you've had a shower be. in a murder hut? I think on I will do, yeah. I was thinking that earlier. I think maybe it's given me great perspective. <laughs> Right, tell us about Beverly Callard, Gemma. Right. She's our next bit of news. This is quite big that came out this week, wasn't it? Yeah, so she has had a routine hip operation and it has left her in a wheelchair and worried that she might end up in there for the rest of her life, apparently. she, we, Everyone's been wondering what's been going on with Beverly Callard recently and, and has she left Coronation Street? What's going on? Then, then it's like, well, yes, she has left. And, she's and then, filmed her final scenes and we got told this. We, yeah, we've been told she's been filming all around scenes. It was in the news as well. I think everybody knows. We've even talked about it on the podcast as well, like saying, because as, as far as we knew up until last week's, that is definitely it for Liz. And, you know, when a character leaves, it's fair game to talk about on the podcast that she's left, isn't it? Or that they've left is it, once it's been officially, although it hasn't been officially announced, although it has, it, it's been a really, yeah, really tricky situation. Well, about no, once this. a character has filmed their final scenes and left the show, whether or not the story tells you that's what happened... We will tell you that's what happened because we think that's that's a fair that's fair game. It's it's I'm just not not sure up until this point whether up until this week whether Coronation Street had gone on record to saying they yes, had. We had, had had they? I thought they had because we don't report it. I I can't remember. That's what I'm saying. It was a it was a it was a murky situation. Yeah, it was. She is coming back. Fingers crossed to do a proper finale for Liz next year because basically the the news that broke. This is everything that was reported this week was that she saw she says that she saw a a gp in march because she had a bit of a niggle in her hip he thought it was a simple soft tissue who did she tell this to a gp no no no. where was this reported um uh, you need the news the news but i think she's been she's been on social media and and said this as well she was interviewed so she had this routine keyhole surgery which she said then went wrong she's she's after suing the hospital as well she said then because of the covid situation partly her follow-up surgery was just delayed and delayed and delayed so she says she's been in excruciating pain or she was in excruciating pain for months on end waiting to try and get the follow-up surgery she's like saying every time I tried to move my leg. It was like a grinding feeling in there. It was awful. And she was, this is someone who, you know, Bev Callard, fitness guru extraordinaire, has been reduced to someone that can't even move their leg without it being really painful. Eventually. I think everybody likes walking around and using their legs. You don't have to be a fitness guru. You don't have to have your own series of uh, videos. It's like, you don't need to be showering a murder heart to appreciate (laughs) having a roof over your head when you have a shower. So anyway, she was eventually told that she's going to need a whole hip replacement, which happened in July. I think it was like the 20th of July she she had this done. And now she's, you know, back doing the physio and then learning to walk again. Um, she has said one of the, one of her many quotes about it is Liz is famous for mini skirts, stockings, and high heeled shoes, not crutches and a mobility scooter. I thought I wouldn't be able to do my job anymore. This is how bad it's been. There was a definite doubt over whether I would walk again. So she's feeling rotten about it. But at least with quotes like that, she's you know, it's not 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 saying she's making a joke about it or anything. But it, it's nice to see that despite all of this, um, she's in good spirits because it certainly sounds like. For one reason or another, she has had a horrific year. I have to say, I understand what she I understand what she's saying, but I definitely think that, um, you know, 
were were she to want to be in Coronation Street because she wants she wants to leave, but were she to carry on being Liz in the show and she couldn't walk, I'm sure they could write it in. Mm. And and I think also because Liz is such a strong character and she's such a sort of like you know listed a few of the things that she's famous for. I think it would be interesting to see what Liz would be like and it'd be helpful for people as well because <laughs> when you're young and you see older people go through the things that older people go through, you do think, well, of course you're having a hip replacement. Of course you need crutches. Of course you of course you need uh, what are they called? Very focal glasses because you're older. That's what you need. And then when you start to get older and you start <laughs> to get these things, you're like, no, I'm not that old. I'm young. I promise. I'm I just in an old body. Yeah, I didn't, think so, was, didn't mean this was supposed to happen to me. Exactly. So I think honestly, I think people who feel the same way as her would appreciate or be helped by somebody like Liz having that going through I that. Just think I don't think they'll write it in. a sad end to the character if she came back like this. It could be a sad end, Michael, or it could be something a bit more inspiring, you mm. know? Mm. Also a chance for older Jimmy Mack to come back as well. Also <laughs> former wheelchair user in the show, wasn't he, okay. when Steve pushed him off those scaffolding so maybe they can bond over that or something? I don't know. I don't know, I'm just but... saying, like, the reality of life is sometimes sad and Coronation Street and Soaps are supposed to show us and reflect things back to us, but also in a more inspirational way that perhaps helps people who are dealing with things like that. Not saying, of course, that it's Beverly Callow's responsibility to do this, but I am saying that, you know, to say that I could, you know, you could never work again if you're supposed to be playing Liz, Liz McDonald mm. and then you, you need crutches, that not, that's not necessarily the case no. because you could be inspirational to many people who who feel the same way everyone feels the same way it's not a unique situation to be in like i've really enjoyed using legs and now i can't <laughs> well I, I i'd hope that she she was supposed to go out with a bang and i'd still prefer her to but you're right it doesn't it doesn't necessarily spell the end for for liz it does also make me wonder and of course i don't know it says that she's supposed to. She wants to come back to Corey next year to say goodbye properly. It does make me wonder if she might think to herself, say, if as long as she makes a, a reasonable recovery, you know what? Now I've had looked down the barrel of the gun and perhaps thought to myself, I might never come back again. Mm, now I can maybe. come back. Maybe I don't want to leave at all. Yeah, look, I mean, Liz has made we, a number know. of exits over the years, hasn't exactly. she? Yeah, and when, exactly. when it was announced that she was leaving this time, I thought, well, it's only going to be temporary, isn't it? One That's of these exactly days it what won't I be. thought. And I, I, I still, despite what an ass he's been, I would like Jim to come <laughs> back and take her into the sunset. It just feels to me like that is the, the best outcome and i know he is pretty irredeemable at the moment for his part in the whole hannah katie story but you know this is a soap and people forgive are forgiven worse it just feels right that those characters end up together honestly it does but who knows there's there's still a while before uh we'll we'll see that anyway and um obviously we wish her a speedy recovery and um on the subject of liz she is going to be the um the, the subject of this wednesday's um Coronation Street, Coronation Street icons. special I- icons. That's what it's called, isn't it? Yeah. So we had the Roy one this week, which was fantastic. I've I've loved all of these, and it was again nice to see some returning faces. We had the Hez, didn't we? They even had old uh, Stephanie Cole, didn't they? Turn Cole, up. they did. Yeah. She she had quite a bit to do. I was I was surprised to see her, but yeah, lovely to see some old Roy scenes. Good that they didn't try and forget the fact that 
his character was originally quite different when he came in in the 90s and he was a that's even more, more eccentric. He was, he was creepier, about, wasn't he? Yeah, when they talk about how things have changed over the years. I think they're being, they're not being brutally honest and there's certainly a lot of things they're definitely not saying, which I would have preferred them to have said, but they're being a lot more honest than I thought they would be. They're not just like, it's not just a bunch of flannel, is it? It's mm. like they are discussing things that happen. I mean, even if you take Ken's show, for example, <laughs> with William Roach going, that's, I didn't like that scene. Didn't like when um, Mike Baldwin I like that. Though, yeah. I think that's way more interesting. And I think the audience prefers that as mm. well. Yeah. Honesty yeah. and yeah. A, little bit of, a little bit of spicy. Yeah, like they were talk- they, when they talked about that scene where Roy sneaks down the stairs after Tracy beds him, and I can't remember it was, it might have been William Roach talking about it, it was kind of a comic scene, but it, even though it was horrific, and yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I've liked that. Um, you, you pointed out as well that they seemed to, they didn't mention anything that happened after uh, Hayley died, didn't they? Yeah. What was it? I can't remember why it was that you said that. There was a, you said there was another one. There was they, another bit. What, another episode Sally. of something. Sally, oh, yeah, that's right. Nothing after she was the mayor. Yeah. It's like, we and don't like, want to talk about the story where whether, she was in prison because that wasn't so good. No, but I don't know whether they're like, well, that's too recent. People will remember this. We need to have an end point. And what's the what's the end? I guess what they're looking at is, if you were to tell the story of this character's life as a book, where would be a, a nice way to end? Because I guess you know these these are stories in their own right. These these documentaries they've got to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And obviously the beginning is obvious for mm. all these characters. Where did the character come from? But the ending's got to be a bit satisfying. You can't just have, and now she's blah 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 in the street. Mm. And it also makes it evergreen as well. If you pick a point, well, that's quite an yeah. interesting character moment. I just thought it was interesting because it feels as though somebody wrote these about four years ago <laughs> and has been sitting on them ever since. I, feel, I still think that a lot of people have forgotten the whole story with Cathy and the fact that he was supposed to get, be getting married to Cathy. It was a bit of a weird... It was a, a weird a chapter about what we do, but he seems to have, like, a new chapter has now opened, hasn't it? Because of, you know, Richard coming on the scene last year and, and Nina, and I, and I don't think... Was Nina even mentioned? I can't remember. No, because they stopped it yeah. after Hayley died. Whether, I don't know whether it was Oh, OK. I think, did they? I can't briefly remember beforehand. Now. I can't but they, they, they could have used it as an opportunity to say, well, that was a tragic part of Roy's life, but now things are looking, you know, looking up for him because he's now got his niece on the show. They... they decided not to go down they there. also they, it was also a bit of a tribute to Hayley as well because you can't really talk about Roy's I mean, life without no. talking about Hayley they, they didn't have a whole lot about Roy before Hayley did they it no. was it was the story of Roy and Hayley really wasn't it which yeah. is lovely they had some of the best scenes on there that I was looking forward to the Amsterdam scenes for and example. that would be a pretty good actually a pretty good idea for a future series of documentaries if they want any more ideas of like romances like the story of a relationship yeah yeah um yeah, so it's Liz this week anyway. So I'm I'm wondering what, if anything, will be said about her exit in this. Because hearing what she's been through this year and what a rough time she says she's had, she still had... I mean, she's still featured in all of these um, Icons episodes, hasn't she, old Bev? Well, you only need to sit down and have a, a camera. Yeah. So it's so anyway, we, we maybe we get to find out a little bit more this week. And then that's it. 
Well, I think it's it. I thought it was it for the other series that had been on on Monday evenings, but apparently that's coming back for one other episode that I'd forgotten about, because tomorrow on Monday we've got the Famous Faces one, which was announced back with the other ones way back in whenever it was, June, July time, but I'd forgotten about it. I don't know whether Corrie had forgotten about it or ITV had forgotten about it, and they're like, oh, we've we got a final found one in the can here. We found Yeah, we found it. It's underneath the sofa. Let's stick it in. So um, this is going to be about um, famous celebrities that have had cameo roles so i'm sure we'll see plenty of Ian mckellen and uh i mean he's the main one isn't he I peter k he's the he's the main get isn't he yeah what about are they gonna have June lovers Whitfield. jenna lumley and are they gonna mention <sighs> yes. patrick stewart what being a fireman honestly they yeah if they just do cameos like before they were famous it's funny because in, in that series, they only really focused on like four stories, didn't they? They had like the little timeline going along and they yeah. were dropping in Roy? bits. No, no, no. For the other, for the other series, the, the compilations, oh, one, you know, like the holidays and whatever. And they had a little timeline, but then they honed in on four and, and almost in detail told the stories of that. But I don't know whether any of the celebrity cameos, apart from maybe this Sir Ian McKellen one, had enough meat to it to make a, a you know, five-minute segment yeah, yeah. of a half-an-hour programme. So maybe they'll they'll do it a little bit differently. Because there's not much to say about Joanna Lumley. There's not much to say about Peter Kay. Stewart. Well, certainly not what about, Stewart. Who was that guy we had in the quiz? Uh, it was... Davy Jones? The camper. Oh, um, yeah, Paddy McGuinness. That's it. And also, <laughs> the guy he sold... Aidan Eva's engagement ring was a famous Irish comedian. Oh, yeah, he's the one that we saw when we went, did our tour of the studio. And also, it? wasn't somebody else recently? Oh, the bus driver. Yeah, the bus the driver 10, in the 10,000th episode. episode. Again, there's, not, there's nothing much to say apart and, from, oh, look, it's them. Lest we forget, Lorraine Kelly got shot in the arse. <laughs> so we'll That's see how that box. goes. So it's basically, it's, it's Corrie Central this week. We've got... An hour episode on Friday, Monday and Wednesday, half an hour is normal, but then also Monday and Wednesday, we've got these two specials. So literally, we've got we've got the same amount of Corrie stuff this week as we have next week. It's just that two of them are made up of these specials, just to ease us back into it. Mm. <laughs> and with that, that's the end of the news <laughs> for this week. And if you're feeling mm about it, then do let us know. What can we do? What do you what think can we about help you? going back to, right. to six episodes a week? Let's finish off with some feedback. So time for the feedback and and like last week we've also got a nice round-ish number for our average go on the Facebook group. We've got a nice clear half, two and a half the Facebook people voted last week's episodes which I, I thought it was going to be going a bit higher based on some of the comments we received but no, it's still not looking good and as I say, I haven't... Two and a half is average, isn't it? It's like, because because it's because it's out of five. Yeah, I know. Two and a half is half of five. I know. But when I it's still... lower than three, you're it... like, whoop, whoop, danger, danger. It's into the twos, I know, even though it but doesn't guess... make sense. Feels like that's a... Really, though, whenever you ask people who are fans of something about something when it's not at its best, they're not going to be kind. Yeah. I think. Mm. 
It's a bit like, you know, with video game reviews, isn't it? Like, if, you don't, if, you, if, you, if you're Anything less, than, less, than, less than 80, it's like... 80%, you might as well fire. just throw it in the bin. Yeah. Or, like, when you're trying to look for a movie, and you, you're like, I found a really good, good movie, and he's... Oh, and Rotten Tomatoes, it says it's 76%. Oh, you won't bother. I know, it's silly, isn't it? <laughs> right, um, Briante gave it two and a half rubbery sausages. Shauna gave it two and a half scratchings of a deranged chicken, I which I really did like. Uh, Matthew, now, remember last week we said about the long ones, I enjoyed long creative ones. Matthew has given it two teenage girls who ruin the surprise of a surprise party five seconds before the surprise party is due to be a surprise out of five. <laughs> that is the best one. <laughs> I like that. Thank you very much, you three. And everyone else who's voted. Poor Summer, we just ragging polls. on her the whole time. Yeah. Right, um, do you want to do Joseph? Do you want me to do Joseph? I'll he's do Joseph, he says. So this. Joseph got in there quick because he knew that we were going to be late this week, so he's sent in his feedback for this past week's episode. Just yesterday. Right, he says, This past week of Cory I've been enjoying a lot. It's a complete contrast to the previous week of Cory, especially with how Jeff, the Jeff and Yasmin storyline has been in development. I need one issue in particular, and that was with Alia's Friday's episode as she was wielding that broken wine bottle in front of Jeff. I thought she was going to confront Jeff as to why he sent the text to the chef not to come to work. What would have been better is if Alia had called the chef in, shown that text message that they received in front of Jeff and, t- and him, and have Jeff all stuttered trying to explain himself in front of Tim. This would have forced Tim to ponder on the situation, to further start to become doubtful of Jeff, than rather what we got was him going off at Sally at the end of the episode. I understand that... They went this route to further stretch the story, but as a viewer, seeing Ali get a call from the chef, it was just frustrating. I, I kind of agree, but I think... You if sort I, of said a bit... I, I said something to that earlier. I think if Alia had called the chef in and said, look, what have you got to say about this, Jeff? Joseph's suggesting that he might stutter, but I don't think he would. I think he would have had his story straight or just his apology straight. He would have just gone... Oh, I feel like such a stupid old fool. Yeah. As long as Tim's there and and Jeff can lie in a way that makes him look like a victim, he's never going to lose. And, and Tim is such a willing participant in this. Mm. That's why I'm kind of interested to find out what how his downfall will eventually be because he's he's always got an answer for everything. Honestly, Even I people don't... like Phelan always had an answer. Yeah. You think that you had him cornered and then without, without a blink... He he come up with some excuse or some reason or some lie, so yeah. He's, Joseph has got more to say. Yeah, I know, Michael, but you were talking. Oh so, uh, yeah. Now, if somehow there is a better reveal coming up for Tim to see the truth, I'll let the frustration go. But if that's somehow that reveal ends up being an underwhelming one, I'll probably feel even more annoyed than I am right now. <laughs> this is what I am thinking. I'm starting to think now. Tim is so so unwilling to see the truth in front of his eyes at this point now. It's got to be something cataclysmic for him to, to get what's going on. But is Coronation Street really capable of delivering that big shocking twist? Because so. honestly, if it's just, oh, I found the footage, we've been waiting for this to happen so long that now we feel like we're owed it. I want it it's to be something be that's twist. like, oh, yes. And you are. I don't know whether it feels like it's going to be that. It's, it's like I was already... saying earlier about um, Elaine just top yeah. turning up at the last minute. He's oh. already walked in on... Tim's already walked in on Jeff being horrible to Sally. I think so. Or was it... So, yeah. So and, and he walked in on Jeff with his computer. He's walked the... in on Jeff doing all kinds of nonsense and still not got, got it. Mm, he knows Honestly, that Jeff. He knows that Jeff has had been an escort. The thing is, this is the question. With an escort, I mean. This is the question. Is is the what? What's the what's going to be the satisfying conclusion to this story? Is it going to be 
Yasmin getting out of jail? Is it going to be us finding out what happened to Eileen? Is it going to be Tim finding out what Jeff is really like? Because if the ending is supposed to be now Jeff dis- now Tim discovers what Jeff is really like, that's not interesting or satisfying. Because Jeff's been, uh, Tim's been told a million times what Jeff is like, but refuses to listen. Mm. So I, honestly, I think this might this is a bit of a red herring in itself. Yeah. I don't think Tim is the most important part of this story, but Coronation Street is treating him like it is because it's frustrating for the viewers to watch and it makes people feel yeah, engaged. It's the conflict you know? between him and yeah, Sally and exactly. everything, isn't it? But I honestly, I'm, I'm starting to think they're barking up the wrong tree a bit here because I'm less interested in Tim now I know that he just will not listen to anybody mm. and more interested as to what is going to happen with Yasmin. It's kind of feeling like the fact that they've delayed the court case makes me think that it's very important to the story and we have to have the court case to end the, sh- the story mm. and the story's going to end with him being unmasked in court. Yeah, and everything else. And is... then Yasmin walks free and then, yeah, and perhaps perhaps Tim finds realises there, but I, I really don't want Tim to be the linchpin to end the story. No, no. Because it's never been right. about Tim and it's Jeff's relationship. If, if it's been about way. It's been about... Yasmin and Jeff. Mm, it needs to be about Yasmin and, and Je- Yasmin and is noticeably ab- absent in this story yeah. at the moment. And it's the same about what's going on with Sally. Uh, you know, I like her. I welcome her to the story. It's interesting to see a new dynamic, but it can't be Sally unveils Jeff to Tim because what? Where was that part of the story for like a year mm. before now? There's only so much that Yasmin can do. In prison. Yeah, I know. It's gone a bit messy. Watch this, this story space. Now. It has. I hope that they can stick the landing because They're really getting they didn't for feeling. No, but I part know. of it is they have had to, you know, make stuff Go up the that flight. they weren't they weren't originally going to do because that they've said that this story would have been over if it hadn't been for for oh, COVID. Dear. Anyway, Rebecca, this is talking about the previous week's Corrie's. Strange that Debbie is back, but I'm glad she is, and I think that she and Abby will get along eventually as they as now they will clash as they are too similar. And also when Debbie came in last year, she and Abby had a fight then. I forgot about that. I quite like Peter being a calming influence, although please no fair story as I quite like the Carla and Peter couple in together. Abby really needs to tell Kevin though, and I love the Annie Lennox line. Loving Billy and Sean scenes at the moment, although Sean being obsessed with the dead bodies is a little weird. The Gemma and Paul party stuff would have been sweet in normal times, but everything about the party seemed a bit forced, and don't get me started on Let's Get Ready to Rumble. Although I did appreciate Dolly and Peter's hard work to learn the dance. Aww. True. Um, I also felt really sorry for Paul this week, too. He's had such a rubbish birthday. <laughs> I foresee Paul breaking up with Billy and maybe dating James. I wouldn't be surprised if we get a Paul and James coupling. They seem a bit more suited. And also, Corey is surely thinking, what are we doing with the Baileys at the moment? I don't know. I can't see see that being interesting, honestly. I can't see it being interesting, but I can see it happening. Paul and James, to me, are too similar. Because they're both like, I'm shy, but I'm a lad and I'm gay. Paul's got a bit more of an edge to him, although that's been worn down a bit since he came in, hasn't it? He's got a criminal background, and it actually, that would be really interesting to see how Aggie and um, Ed, Ed would, would how would they react? Because when, I guess, I guess when you're, when you've got um, a teen boy and they're embarking on the world of romance, you're a bit more relaxed, like stereotypically, you're more relaxed because you're like, well, girls aren't really 
there's nothing really a girl can do that's that bad apart from get pregnant <laughs> but like when you've got a teenage girl you're like be careful because all these lads are horrible and they're all evil and they're out to get you and 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 now um now they know that james is going to be dating lads wouldn't this kind of be your like uh, now and you're always now you're dating criminals mm. like well, violent criminals as well you not you don't really get very many p- perspective you don't very often sit down with your child's prospective girl, boyfriend, girlfriend, and think, I hope she's not a violent criminal. True. That's not something you worry about when you think your child is dating women. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, I get it. All I wonder as well whether the, the media, the Weatherfield newspapers would have anything to say about top county oh player God. James Bailey dating a, an ex-con. Yeah. It feels like it could be a story. I'm not saying it's not an interesting one, but... I don't know what they can do with the Baileys at the moment that's, like, really, really going to get me interested. And I've I've given them a whole lot of slack. I, I, I want to like them, but it is feeling like Corrie don't know what to do with them at the moment. It's at such least, a disappointment. It, it, at least for more... Like, they, they have, you know, sparks of brilliance. I really liked like, I the liked, anniversary. I love the anniversary stuff. It was over in a few episodes. I liked it when Ed stood up to um, that bloke in the bistro, Ray's mate in the I bistro. Didn't. But it was... No, you didn't. But uh, but that was over and done with. Everything that the Baileys do seems to be over and done with in a week and then it's forgotten about. Anyway, I digress. Um, Rebecca also says, uh, great to see the Scott story back and finally looks like we all know Scott's secret. I also agree with Gemma with Scott calling himself a lunatic. Very good word. <laughs> yeah. I think whatever has happened, Scott is the main player and Johnny has been threatened by Scott to keep things quiet. Or Johnny helps Scott back to moving our body or something along those lines. Either way, I'm agreeing with Michael that it's some sort of crime rather than cheating or scamming. Oh, you're right there. Oh, and Jenny was so in the right. Now, Nicky throwing the shoe was funny. I agree Daniel needs to talk to his family more, though. I still like both Daniel and Nicky. And I bet Ray has used Nicky in the past, although I enjoyed seeing Ray again. Now, I don't know whether Ray has used Nicky in the past, because when he saw he her was last week, he's like, I think I recognise you, don't I? He, he didn't kind of he give a He would have look. immediately made fun of his friend if he knew she was a sex worker. Yeah. And he was going on a date. With he was trying, trying to place her. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, I think I'm asking you hanging around the hotel. Yeah, so I, I don't know whether there's a... I, I agree there's anything there. Um, Rebecca loved Jeff smashing up the Hoover. Um, <laughs> even though I'm not on Alia's side, even though Rebecca I says. Even though I am on Alia's side, she can get annoying. Yeah. Yes, that's the problem with it. Hopefully the story will come up again this week because I need a bit of therapeutic Jeff shouting. Character of the week is Jenny for standing up to Johnny as he deserves it. And I give it three Nicky's flying shoes out of five. It's a testament to how irredeemably irredeemably irritating Alia is to us that she can go up against a serial abuser of one of our favourite characters and still not come off as interesting or likeable. <laughs> but thank you, thank you, Rebecca. Yeah. I'm seeing, I am seeing quite a few people saying that this story has been the making of Alia. She's getting there, but, but not for me. Yeah. No, I think... I I'm... can see why people think she's doing all right, and I don't honestly... Some t- you know, some characters where people are like, oh, I like Sensei. You're like, what the hell are you talking about? Get out of my life. Don't mm. ever speak to me again. It, it, Whereas Alia, if you say, oh, I like Alia, I'm like, I can kind of see why you would say that, even though you, you know you're wrong. It's, it's, <laughs> di- it's different to the Phelan thing. I think I said this last week, that it was fun to see Phelan, you know, having a go at Anna, Anna because we didn't like Anna, and we were like, yeah, you tell yeah. her, you tell her, Phelan. We love you, Phelan. But I'm still, it's not like I'm 
see it in this storyline going, ah, yeah, you, Jeff, you, you winder up. Look at look what you do with it too. Well done, Jeff. I'm not saying that. That's kind of the difference, I think. When I was, I wasn't, I'm not said I was on feeling side, but I was enjoying seeing the chaos and destruction he wrought on Weatherfield, whereas yeah. I, it's, it's not the same for, for Jeff. Nancy has also written to us again this week. Gemma. She said Abby should be trying to get to know Debbie. It's too bad Sally is not around to tell Abby about Debbie. Abby could have talked to her about what happened to her without talking about the morphine. I hope it doesn't turn into a love triangle. Abby needs real help. I did not like the cliffhanger when Johnny came out and found Peter and Abby, but Sally Carmen is still doing a great job with the lines she's been given. There's a scene with Peter and Carla talking about taking a trip. I'm hoping Peter will let Abby alone to help herself. He can only do so much for her anyway. Abby should end up telling Kevin herself. Yep. She she should, but you just know he's going to find out another way, isn't it? Debbie's going to find out and be the one to tell Abby, I'm sure. What did Daniel learn from the retreat he went on? Looks like it was a waste of money. He has clearly lost the plot. I hope his family gets help for him. <laughs> Alia just shouldn't talk to Jeff when she sees him. I thought it was overkill. She should call it until the trial. Yeah. yeah, she's she's, she's never been one for that. No, she's so over dramatic. I I yeah, she's so over dramatic. It it feels bad to criticise somebody for being impassionate like like she is, but it's just you know, irritating. I know this is the thing about passion is it is laudable and and interesting and and great when it's something that you either interested in or you don't find actively offensive. <laughs> but when somebody's passionate about something that's stupid to you or you think is it makes them look, you know you mm. just get mad. It's yeah. not it's not a great look all the time. The interesting part of this week was Johnny coming back. Johnny Johnny is understandably upset at him. Loved a conversation between them. Scott showed who he was to the viewer when he said to Johnny, I bet you were wondering, how did the lunatic track me down? Johnny's afraid of Scott. This is the one time when a storyline is being presented without spoilers by the media. Yes, that's what I was saying. It's still it's either going to be a really minor story, which is why not much has been said about it, and I don't think, and I didn't like, you know, go actively reading everything of all the spoilers that came out this week, but I don't think I saw any reference to this. So they're either playing, yeah, they're either playing it quiet because they want to keep it quiet, or it's going to be small. We'll just have to see. I don't see why. Oh no, where am I? Yeah, Is that right? Yeah. I don't see why Billy needs to be involved in the search for Todd. I know that body Sean talked about is not Todd. Sean should let Eileen know what is going on. I give this week's episodes two packets of crisps. Out of five. The character of the week is Scott. Storyline seems like it may have an impact on people who are close to Johnny. I hope Jenny and Johnny can work through the challenges. Agreed. Oh gosh, I hope so as well. They they will, they will. I don't think they're I don't think they're ready to split them up yet. They they shouldn't be because they've got a very good thing with that couple. They need to give them a bit of, bit of breathing room and a bit of happiness and uh, yeah, not just split them up. It was bad enough. It was it was close a couple of years ago when he ended up sleeping with Johnny, uh, Jen, no Liz, sorry. But um, they work <laughs> through that. So let's see if they can work through this. Please yeah, yeah. keep your couples together if they're couples I like. Fangirl Overload One Two Three says I'm really frustrated because I saw a spoiler for the Johnny story over the weekend, but other than that, it was good. I think Nikki will be Adam's new punching bag while Gary's on honeymoon. 
Did you notice how Johnny asked Scott if he knew what had happened to a security guard and then on the website Billy and Sean were looking at it and there was a body on the security uniform? Yes, we did notice that. Red herring. Jeff was so despicable this week. Abby and Debbie's rivalry is really fun to watch and so is Shona. I think Devil's start taking his stress out on the twins, especially if he finds out Asher is talking to Corey again. Yeah, we didn't talk about like Dev's, Dev is not going to be in the least bit happy, is he, if he finds out that Asher's now going to be more than just friends with Corey. Oh, that's a good point that I didn't pick up on. Because he, he even though, again, it wasn't Corey that leaked the video, he's ultimately, it's down to him that the video exists and Deb's not going to forget that. No, so no, be because actually, rift. if you think about it, if there's any, if you wanted to blame anybody for this financial situation that Deb's in, you would blame Corey. Yeah. Because Corey took the video and without Ash's permission, and I need to keep reminding everybody of this because it's not like it's not like yeah it's not like Asher made a video for Corey and then somebody got it she was chatting with him on video and he recorded it without her permission well, he asked her to strip didn't creepy he, and, then and disgusting and then so th- so and then it all came out at school and then Asha and Adi had to change schools and now Dev doesn't have enough money. And so Corey, if he finds out that she's dating him, I think if I was Dev, I'd hit the roof because what can he do now to protect these idiot children of his <laughs> from themselves? I, I don't want it to be another uh, Tyler situation because he was another one who Corey kind of tried to redeem, didn't they, after he... I don't want Corey to be redeemed. I find him a very irritating It looked person. like they weren't going to, but... I could. I would not be He's surprised at all if he is, slum. and he'll be like Tyler getting an award for such and such in six months' oh, time. Oh yeah, yeah, get a good Samaritan award. For you know, out the most amount of rubbish. Get Amy pregnant. Yeah. However old, fourteen, and then yeah, six months later, he's got a he's got a medal around his neck. Where is the Weatherfield recorder for all the these scandals? Yeah. I'm going to carry on reading this message. Um, Fangirl Overload One Two Three says it was good to get some more info on Ali, as I thought it. had he had fallen into the same black hole as all the other Corrie characters go into once they leave. Speaking of which, have any of the Platts mentioned Bethany since she left? <laughs> yeah. I don't know whether Bethany has had. No. Nope. Apart from, you know, some maybe being brought up by Adam in the Daniel sort of context. Can I get a shout out? It no, seems that Bethany has, yeah. Persona non grata. She's, yeah, I don't know what's going on with her. Character of the week is Jeff and I give it four. No jobs too odd out of five. <laughs> my Right, my go, Chris. Chris wants to know, if you find yourself running low on a suitable top five list for the Patreon bonuses, would you and Gemma consider doing a catch-up podcast in the style of your standard episodes but relating to a week of these classic ITV ITV classic shows? Obviously, we listeners wouldn't expect you to analyse ten episodes in quite the same detail as you do normally, but you wouldn't need to do a quiz, the birthdays, the cabin, the middle section, or a feedback feature, so it wouldn't be that long of a show. <laughs> but it would be fun to hear Gemma's take on some of the classic characters she may have missed in the time span between the end of your box sets and when she started watching the show with you I'd love to hear I like the way everyone knows that they're writing to you and they write emails (laughs) I'd love to hear some creative and fantastic titles for such storylines as Mavis and Derek's Conservatory Alma falling over Audrey's card I read that as Alma falling over Audrey's cardigan (laughs) that's another story that's that's a Daniel's cardigan it was a different era (laughs) 
falling over Audrey's Canadian heartthrob, apparently, of a son, Nick's mysterious disappearance, Maxine's opportunistic swiping of Fiona's ex, Mike's devious skullduggery in selling the garage to Don, and then Mr Brennan's gradual descent into madness, etc. If you'd started a few months back, would Reg have been your character of the week every week? <laughs> anyway, just a thought. Incidentally, I give last week's classic shows four speedily impregnated trainee knicker stitches out of five. Nice. I don't think this is a road that we can go down, partly because Gemma isn't watching the ITV3 episodes. And I mean... Also partly because I sometimes have a backlog. I mean, especially now I'm, I'm back to work, I'm not going to be up, up to date with it. It feels like it could be an absolutely huge, huge, huge job to do. I know you say, well, we wouldn't have to do the quiz of the birthdays or the, you know, all that lot, but it would be a bigger job It's a really nice idea. It does, yeah, but... Um... We've got perhaps, enough on our plate. Perhaps if we, um, if this is for Patreon, we should set a target. Oh, so if well, we get like three grand a month, <laughs> we can quit our jobs and yeah. then we can do that. Do it. Maybe we would say yes then. But yeah, it, it, we could we, at we, the moment. We would, I mean... I, I, even the flipping storyline titles, and no, Chris is just joking about this, but the amount of time sometimes that Michael I'll spend takes just sometimes hours thinking of thinking of storyline titles and then coming up with something rubbish in the end. Yeah. I couldn't do it. I couldn't always uh... rubbish really. And and the <laughs> and the the rate that they go through stories on the classic Coronation Street, because as you say, there's there's ten episodes in a week. I've been coming up with, with countless numbers of them. Well, I have to try and actively stop myself and try and think of storyline titles although i did think of one for when oh mavis did her art classes um last year or something i would call it the still life of riley well done thanks sometimes you do tell me if this was on the show i would call it this very occasionally well but we're I, sorry I, that we can't yeah um we'd love to we'd really love to um well, I'm, I'm still loving we could, well, i'm still loving how much you've got into the old episodes that we've been watching on the DVDs, but speaking um, of which, we're getting we we're at the end of 1983 now, so it should be fairly soon when we'll be able to do our um, rundown of the first half of the 80s. 1983 was such a great year on Coronation Street. I've I've really enjoyed that. Sorry, yeah. I interrupted you. I was just gonna say, but um, Chris, if you're if you um want Patreon content, why don't you send us a top five lists? Send us a few different ideas. Oh, yeah, people can, can suggest ideas. Let us for know what you want to hear. We won't necessarily be able to do them, depending on what they are. Yeah. But, um, obviously, we want the patrons to be happy. Yeah. So we can get to that 3,000. <laughs> and then quit our jobs. Quit our jobs. <laughs> right. Can you imagine if we we'd actually quit our jobs and then... And then at some point had to go back to normal life, and they and like put people looking at the CV going, "What did you do for two years here in this period?" Wow. Here? <laughs> I watched Coronation Street every day. I still think, Gemma, the ultimate dream at the moment is for you to get a job at Coronation Street. I'm saying that if you worked, you you want to work in like the costume department or locations or. We, we've seen a few we've, we've talked about a few ideas of like behind the scenes things that you actually think you'd be quite good at I don't know what I'd I don't be think good I'd be at. good at it I think that you'd be great in something to the, the costumes honestly Not. I don't think okay go, going out and buying clothes for people well that's I don't I'd think move that's up and work bit. at a school in Manchester that's the dream at the moment they'd Although make I don't, fun of your accent I don't think 
I've just made fun of theirs back. I don't, <laughs> I don't think if you, are, you or I worked at Coronation Street, we'd be able to do the podcast anymore. That I don't think the, so either. The downside, but you know, as a get out, if we ever, if we ever feel well, that maybe we can move to Manchester and create our jobs, just like like leeching off of Coronation Street tourism. Like we could do walking tours. Yeah. And like I could do a hot pot making class on Airbnb. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. Maybe we could have a Coronation Street themed campsite. What? I wanna, I wanna open a campsite because I didn't think I could do it a lot better than most of the people. You've been camping this week, so now you want to start a Coronation Honestly, Street. Honestly, I campsite. think I would. I, whenever I go to a campsite, I always think, why don't they have a farm shop here that sells food so that people could just go and buy all the stuff that they normally would bring with them? They would make so much money, and you'd open the farm shop and have a cafe or whatever. And you'd open it to everybody. So that everybody would come and then you get money from them as well as your campsite. That's what I just think. Genius. What it's an not really. There must be a reason people don't do it. <laughs> now, honestly, I think that I think that you should get a job doing something behind the scenes. I don't. Curry. I would not be good at any job. You would. Don't say that because if you decide that later down the road that you're going to go for it, someone's going to play you this episode and say, wow. You're rubbish. You said that you'd be rubbish at this. What do you think now? If somebody, yeah, I just, I, no, I'm a useless person. Right, so if you want to um, email us at conversationstreet at gmail.com, you can find us at conversationstreet.podbean.com. You can view us on iTunes, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, Facebook, YouTube, and as we mentioned previously, you can find us on Patreon where you can listen to bonus episodes of the podcast. There, were, there are 12 in total, there's one a new one every month, and you can listen to those for, is it $5 or something? Yes, although there's... Taxes it's just taxes added, added now, idea. unfortunately. Different from where, our... you, where different countries you are, but yeah, it's, it's, it's out, out of our, our control what some of the costs of are, are blur. And it's... and whenever we do interviews, if you're on the three dollars or above a tier, then you get to listen to the interviews early. For example, the Denise Black interview that was on last week. The patrons had already heard that like a week before. Lucky ducks. I know, I know. Right, that's it. We have reached the end of the podcast. I'm going to get this up and online for everybody to listen to on Sunday. And um, we'll be back on Saturday next week with our thoughts on what's been going on in Corrie, what happened in that big hour-long episode. Um, and so on. And so on and so forth. So yeah. until then, ta for now. And the music for this episode came from... Podcastthemes.com. Indeed.